Hello, hello everybody and welcome to the LGR Officially Unofficial Podcast. I am still your host, Alex, otherwise known as Alex, like by Marcel on the internet. I am of course joined by the fortuitous Sam Initialize Hapgood and... Fortuitously here. The remarkable Alex Nymera Hapgood. Gentlemen, episode... 15 marks the well, full well, well. end of everything. We're now putting a bow on the spring split of 2020. We did it. We've actually done we it did. now. We're now fully done. We're now doing a recap, which means we're actually done. I we're think. out. I know. Is- what do we do with that? It's not done until the recaps happen. So, like, this is it. Almost. The end of the line for spring. But yeah, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. I'm honestly just so glad that we've got here and, uh, that we actually now get to look back over our past mm-hmm. thoughts, opinions, when we knew so much more or less, rather, as some could say, about the LJL. Ignorance truly is bliss. But gentlemen, what is this podcast? Nymera, what is the podcast? So, obviously, I am Nymera. What is the podcast? Uh, we cover the everything about we cover everything about the LJL really? in the English language. We do. We wow. do that. We've taken it upon ourselves to say, look, no one's doing English content for the LJL. Let's go cover some Japanese League of Legends. And all, that's what we've done. All of us? We, all, of us, all three all of us? Wow. I know. Yeah, that's it. Uh, wait, wait, yeah. wait. But then, initialize, we must be something to do with Riot, right? Yeah, no. No, we're not. This is off our own. This is actually off our own backs. We're doing this by ourselves. Like, how? It's incredible, isn't it, really? And and are any of their partners involved with us? In, like, no, no. no. No, not at all. Oh, no, wow. that's... That, that. Look at that, and then, but then that does mean all of our views and opinions are our own. We get to say what anything, but granted that doesn't take into account the LGL official official. This does not represent that either, the brand itself. This is our own personal thoughts and echo chamber where we get to say whatever the devil we want. And uh, if you don't like it, you can just hang up, but don't, don't. First rate us five stars on iTunes, yeah. on the Apple yeah. podcast, and then, then okay. you can go, because whatever after that. Um, <laughs> By the way, you can obviously check out all of our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Discord. We have several options, either in our show notes, which you'll be able to find there, or in the di- in the description below if you're on YouTube. Or you can just see it on our screen of at Nymera, at Initialize with a 1 for the L, or at Marswan for myself, and the LGL unofficial for our Twitter, and LGL underscore officially underscore unofficial. Or if you just type in LGL unofficial, you'll find all of our social media things, relatively speaking. This podcast does go out on all audio major streaming platforms and still pretty good thing only on the up and up with the downloads so we're doing something right relatively speaking right and obviously it's um it's been a few months that we've been doing this so just just look after yourselves everybody you know where you don't need me saying the echo chamber of everything just just take care social distance and listen to your the world health organization as best as possible local authorities yes queen uh but with that all <laughs> said gentlemen uh this is gonna be our recap episode as we've already alluded to and uh i'm really excited to be going through this we're gonna look off at first and see the success um or failings that the ogel was as a tournament this spring split looking over how things have changed the difference between this and previous splits and also looking forward what we think will be happening 
We're then also going to revisit all of our pre-season expectations from our tier list that we did in episode one. God, 14 mm, episodes wow. ago is a little bit crazy. How much as content have we done since then? A lot, a lot. Oh, Back then, that was only the podcast we had to think about. Now we've now casted all the games. Wiser. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We At will... least older. They've what? got two birthdays. Definitely older. Oh, oh, 100%. 100%. We're in our teens now. Like, we're 15. Like, right. we're this all... is the point where we get really racy. We're getting old. Our voices are breaking. I mean, that still always happens for me. I mean, my voice sometimes just cracks <laughs> unexpectedly, yeah. even at my uh, mid-20s. We're going to be polite and call me that. So it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's all over the place. Um, uh, we'll also be having, alluding to that episode one, if you're not interested in listening to it, which uh, we can somewhat understand. It definitely had those early... LJL officially unofficial kind of um, tidbit kind of Raw, hiccups. Honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We actually went through each of us and listened to that episode ourselves, kind of just to refresh and think what we originally were doing. And we've got our hot takes, which Nairo will be assisting us with yeah, uh, we'll, um, playing. The spice kind of one way of putting it. Yeah, we got to flame, flame our previous selves. And then to end us off, we have got a little bit of news uh, just to kind of have a nice little end to the conversation so it's all not mm -hmm. just uh, us flaming ourselves and also just kind of <laughs> recap it's just nice to also put a bit of news out there uh, and if yeah. you are interested in keeping up with the news more in an up-to-date source either follow us on twitter or join our discord where all breaking news always does get broken within the ljl but first gentlemen i think that's enough of me talking for about five minutes in total as uh, we went through this as fast as we could uh, going through the motions uh very much so um Let's talk about the success and or failings, in our opinion, on the LJL tournament, starting with the schedule for the regular season and spring split being different mm. as it was. I've written down a page of notes on how much it was an interesting experience. Yeah, okay. so obviously this is the first time that we had covered an LJL split. It's just the three of us, and that means that when you have certain things about the schedule which cram a lot of games into a very short period of time it's not necessarily good for us as you know a broadcast but we'd like to explore both ends of the coin as a viewer and a broadcast yeah. i guess just try and think about it from as many perspectives so what exactly do you guys want so the what about the schedule sam have you written down first you reckon so what, it's worth pointing out thing? that it, it was seven, yeah it was seven weeks worth of games but it was put into uh, a time scale that was from the 8th of february to the 8th of march and remember, February is a very short month. That is a oh, lot of it, weeks yeah. of games to fit into into four-ish weeks. Right. Yeah, no, that was that was ridiculous what they did to us. We had Super Week to at the end, obviously on the seventh and the eighth to round it all off. Yeah. We had um, week what we had three. Week, week two and week three, where mm. basically we had back to where we had two again in another week. So then by that yeah. point, it's like. Well, you, you kind of get through that's, it, but... That's that's 56 games in four weeks. Basically, yep. isn't it? Yep. Well, seven, seven, so seven times eight, because you've got eight games a day for seven weeks, and then that's in four-week thing. That's yeah. 56 games in four weeks. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's nuts. That's week nuts. one was on the, Week one was on the 8th of February. Week two was on the Tuesday, at like three, four days later, if I can count, three days later. Well done, Sam. Um... He says, hopefully getting that right. And then week three was on that Saturday. So, like, that's a very compressed time schedule. Okay. I mean, reflecting on, let's say, the LGL summer 2019, um, was it like that? Do you know? 
I don't believe it was quite that compressed, but I'll, I'll double check again because it's one of those things saying that and then like you, you asked looking the question, back with rose tinted glasses. The man, to the man I has a page. I, I assume he had already I know. done this. I know. I, I, I done it specifically for twenty. I done it specifically for this one. I was like, I'll, I'll have a double check. Um, bad by putting so, my. You caught me off guard because I was. But I, I know. But obviously, not everything was the same in the regular split because it, we'll talk about first a little bit later. But in terms of just the regular season, right? So this split, um, the LGL moved from what they had before was a triple round robin, um, mm -hmm. best of one round season, moving into a double round robin, best of one round season, which did mean that we got some tiebreakers at the end. It's very dramatic. It's kind of nice in that way. Um, but kind of it does mean that there are less the regular season games, therefore potentially less practice. They're still best of one in all the same ways. Um, so yeah, I, what do you guys reckon about the triple to, uh, the I mean, double I, best round? At first, I don't like more, less games. Full stop. Yeah, um, I, yeah. The difference between seven weeks and eleven weeks is huge, um, and yeah. I don't think that benefits anybody involved yeah. outside of Riot when it comes to renting the the area. It might right? be a logistics schedule, but thing. We have to keep. I I hate that I have to keep using this. Riot is the biggest video game company in the world mm -hmm. and they have 10 cent money they have riot money basically this if even if they see this as a losing endeavor it's a marketing budget i can't i, I can't i can't accept it i i can't yeah. that's yeah, not that's a good excuse if there yeah. is that excuse it's so, really interesting you use those words actually sorry just cutting in because you say it's like a marketing budget and i know that is. at the start of so 2013 when the lcs broadcast is about as a marketing thing Exactly, yeah. And in, in, in a large part, esports is an advertisement for your game. Yes, you know, it, it isn't necessarily the product that you're selling, it's kind of the advertising for the actual product. Yeah. What's been really interesting from the LEC, and I think there's actually something coming in. So, actually, uh, I think that Monty's got a new podcast coming out with Quickshot actually talking Another. about the LEC as well. Another one, but yeah. this is more about esports as a whole rather than the games. Yeah. More focused uh, on the Quickshot as an additional but host with guests exactly. is a huge and, one as well. I think that's yeah, going to be exactly. very interesting and to the watch. The thing about the, the LEC is that basically they're saying, look, it's not just advertising anymore. It's you have to treat it like a business itself. Yep. And like if you're treating the LGL like this and really ring us around and not having a regular weekday where your games are being played, it's still best of ones. Going from best of triple triple to double round robin i don't think that's the biggest thing in the world it's less games but it's still like best of ones for me it it does it means you potentially have tiebreakers and it's still really condensed so i yeah. i'm yeah so here's where it was for the 2019 summer as well so it was a saturday the 15th of june to sunday the 18th of august so that's already two over two months and you know that, so, that, so yeah. that's and that's a lot of room to do 11 weeks and it and, was um and less then, games I, in a day as well yeah and i mean also back in 2019 it's the exact same split 19th of january well, and all the way through the 22nd probably. of march again mm -hmm. huge two over two month split um, so yeah i guess they're doing this thing saying oh man it's just less games so we need less time and yeah that's fine but like you're condensing it so much mm -hmm. who does um, that benefit it doesn't benefit the viewers because they they don't get to see they see less games right it doesn't mm -hmm. benefit the teams because well it it benefits the team that has the right read on that week, if you see what I mean. So sure. it's like if you get so if you come into week one with a great read on the meta, you can kind of pounce on the first one, two, three weeks that are in such a short time scale much easier than a team that needs to improve a lot. So a team that comes in has actually got a lot of improvements to make, they're gonna get punished super hard for that. But would any team really want that? Because in the grand scale of things, it's you could be the team that is just gonna like could be DFM, right? We could have DFM 
unstoppable in the grand scale of things in the OGL, completely read the meta wrong, basically have less weeks to figure it out, and then they fall into the mid-tier standings and potentially don't miss playoffs, but... We saw them lose playoffs, playoffs round one, or well, the round Yeah, but two, imagine if that was match. lower down. Yeah, that would have been yeah. game over. Potentially. Yeah, so I think regular season, I mean, there are still question marks for me, particularly in terms of... I don't mind double round... Double round Robin, regardless of the best one, best of three thing. Um, it, it's fine. And tiebreakers are fun. I don't mind that from a dramatic standpoint. I don't care about the triple round Robin going to double. Um, I care about the schedule. It's very condensed. I think it's difficult on the players having short turnaround. I don't think it's necessarily good for their well-being that they're playing that many games in a short space of time as well. Um, it's not good for viewers. Like It's I... just super awkward to know when things are happening. Yeah, so I think can that's I just pretty much my thoughts on the regular Sorry, Lexi, go his brain more. Yeah, no, I want to know what else you've got written down on your piece of paper. So, yeah, like, so that was specifically what I was saying was, like, that compressed time schedule was big, and I was pointing out weeks one to three were, you know, within a week. Week six and seven, the last two weeks of your split are a day after each other. And we knew when we came into week six and seven, there was, I believe, a four, like a five-way table four. We half and killed everything... ourselves to go through all of that. Yeah. yeah. No, one, no one was actually placed lower than fourth because the bottom five teams were tied for fourth. Like, and that is coming into two consecutive days of play. Does that make for an amazingly dramatic weekend? Hell yes, it does. Does it make it the most competitively rigorous? Let's, let's have that. Yeah. It's, it's, four game, it's four games for each team within just over yeah. 24 hours. And, and I don't want to rehash this point too much because we had this one conversation in the last podcast. But, you know, there is also the major issue with the huge playoff break uh, that happened between round two and round three, halfway through the playoffs. Mm. Um, yeah. And we did have a discussion that how much COVID yeah. affected it. Looking at the, regular, the original schedule, not much. It got pushed back a week. It went from four weeks to five. That's not fantastic from a competitive point of view either. We've had that conversation already. Um, I, I do think that's a very good problem. I mean, obviously, I have already been on the podcast and on our casts as well. I think I even mentioned this. Um, I definitely would like to see the LGL s switch to an alternative similar to VCS or LCK, where uh, these are regions. One is our sister or older sister region is how I see it more. But they're our older sister kind of taking us through the ropes and really helping us in a lot of things. The VCS, that how they do their casts and also just how their schedule works, it's very, very polite to almost everybody. It's, it's never at crazy hours for really anywhere in the world outside of... It doesn't of, change massively, yeah. Yeah, outside of... Unless you're in Hawaii, it's basically very civil time for everybody. Um, yeah. It's... It's very, it's not shitloads of games, so the casts don't have to be super long, but it's it's best of three, two best of threes, but it's not so it's every... Double, double, yeah, it's double round robin, but best of three, not best of one. But because they have less teams than LCK, it's not unreasonable to cover everything, because they have the same amount of teams as us mm -hmm. over in the LJL, so basically when it comes to do actually producing everything, I really, I, I mean, I would like to see double round robin, best of threes, personally. Yeah, and I, I think that um, players in the past have definitely said, "Look, best of three is just so much more, um, so much more practice than best of ones in a regular season." And if you look at like, uh, particularly, I think remembering back to like, I think it was season five. So when when Cloud Nine did that huge playoff run into Gauntlet bracket, they played more games in the postseason than they did in the regular season. Yeah. And potentially that's something which can, you know, that that's that's crazy, right? You look at, let's let's look at um, unless you're doing uh, a Cinderella run, then it's uh, yeah. And let's let's. Oh, look it was at, a cool story. Don't get me wrong. So it was super cool. Instance, yeah, it was. And let's look for instance, uh, CGA. So they had two 
five game series in the postseason. So that's 10 games that they mm. played in the postseason. That's almost matching their regular season. And, you know, if you have best of threes, it does solve that issue. And it does mean that your re- best of one upsets matter less to actually the teams that do progress. They matter to a certain extent, but they don't, you know, one stupid moment in a game or a stupid pick in Champions like doesn't end up sealing your fate. And I think that best of three is much better for competitive um, yes. formats. I get that. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think I'd support a best of um, three, but it has to come with a schedule as well. Um, yeah. They both like... have to come with each other. And when we were talking about how... Uh... Quick shot, Monty, talking about how potentially we need to start viewing these broadcasters' products uh, in their own right, uh, as businesses in their own right. And, you know, there was a discussion in NA when they did best of threes about how their viewership numbers tanked, and that mm. was difficult for them. And that was partly because they didn't schedule it through the week. They still tried to have it all on, on one day and split the streams up. And it, it got a little bit... They tried to do, like, the best of both worlds and end up with half a cat, if you know I what mean, I mean. You want all of a cat or none of a cat, not half of one. The thing is, we and, already and know it's... Difficult. It's proven to work. We already know it works yeah. for fan, for our bootleg cast like ourselves over yeah. at the BCS. We already know that they were getting great viewership numbers, especially towards the end. Like, similar to ourselves, but they were on a bigger extent because they've had the they've they've been around yeah. for a bit longer, so it well, makes no, sense. Yeah. As well as really well. We're, pr- we're proud of them. As well as also just like LCK viewership is only going up, yeah, so um, you can't use like you can't yeah, use so, the whole best of three thing. Like, it's just it comes down to what initialized was saying, well, and it was it's just a logistics problem where they yeah, can't manage exactly. themselves. Fucking be like it, it blows my mind as someone that went to university for business and marketing, and I'm just watching this happen in the in the scene that I love, and I'm just like, someone needs to like let me slap some fucking board members because yeah. Christ. Yeah. Like, it's not hard to do this. Or maybe it is, and I just don't understand the logistic problem back end. But then I would love to know that because I think Communication either way, right? Yeah, it's it's Um, definitely not a hard thing to solve. The the thing for me is, like, obviously, uh, the worst-case scenario is, okay, we've got two best of threes today. None of them involve DFM. Oh, man, our viewership's going to tank. But I know that, you know, the viewership that the, the Japanese viewership for the other teams is also really high. You know, you've got a lot of foreign, uh, you know, a lot of foreign interest looking basically only at the FM. Uh, but that's not really the case within the Japanese viewers. We've seen some huge voter turnouts for like the, Access, know, the Sengoku, the, 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 Sengoku, Rascal, Jester, exactly. CJ, basically everyone, right? And so for me, it's like the fans are definitely there for the other teams as well. And maybe it would affect our, our broadcast rights. I know that, you know, on a certain day when we're broadcasting, you know, four, eight games and it's DFM's playing it, we will get more viewers um, yeah. on our stream when we do that. But like, you know, we don't have a marketing budget at the end of the fucking day. We don't day. have a marketing budget right now. That's if I had a marketing yeah. budget, we would be ten times bigger. But, like, guess what? We're doing this off our own back, so what hmm. can we expect? And that's just it. Um, I, I want to just kind of go back over to Initialize for any um, other thoughts that he's got in regards yes. to specifically this part of the topic. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so there's probably two things that are probably worth thinking about here. So, one... Um, you know, if you're going to do best of three, you need to schedule it appropriately for best of threes throughout the week. Don't do it on a single day. It doesn't work very well. Agree. Second thing is actually, you know, you talk about the viewership numbers. There was a great post on Reddit that someone had pulled all the viewership for the various regions. And Japan had gone up something like, I think we're up 75% viewers from 2018 okay. overall. And that's, that's not a kind of massive group. It's like 45% from last year. That's not 75% including anything from we did. No, exactly. So, like, there is serious gains going on in the right places. Yeah. The, si- the six hundred odd people. Increased. Yeah, the six hundred odd people that we also stole from the official stream. That's just basically, in their eyes, it's that's one k. That's one k viewers that just disappeared from their official stream, and yet they're going up, which mm. just means there's interest. 
Yeah, it's small fry in some scale of things, but it's still something. And it's really good for us, of course. But, oh, yeah. of course, yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I do agree with you. Uh, schedule needs to be a big thing. I don't know why the schedule... This seems to be a very sudden thing, as we do have to rep uh, remember yeah. that, uh, the, uh, as, as Initialize and myself said, their last two spring and summer split didn't have that problem so why was this coming in maybe it was due to what initialize was hinting at and saying that obviously we've got less games we can condense it into one or two one month or so save money blah 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 but that clearly didn't work from our opinion and also just didn't help a lot of the teams as uh it's an odd one and it doesn't mirror anything else across the world it either. was it's tough on the taking precedent yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not taking precedence for anything. And if a team has like one or two bad days, and they have to, ha and they happen to fall on the super week, like it just wrecks your season. So it's not good for competitive stuff either. It also doesn't help teams recover problems in the sit in the no, split. Yeah, if, no, the, if, if you have a bad have a bad day on a playoff day or whatever, or, or no, on a regular season day, it actually means quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, you, just when you have two weeks or split, uh, two weeks. So even though they're not a week apart, yeah. they're like four days apart. If you just have something going wrong and you need to adjust, it's going to take about a week or two to sometimes fix that. We've seen that in yeah. NA and L and EU and everything where it's like, oh, this team's not playing so good. But guess what? Kaboom Esports were able to run it back and actually make it in. Like oh, that, that huge story, by the way, guys. wouldn't huge happen if they didn't have time to prepare, yeah. which is what a lot of our teams currently don't have that for during their spring split. They wouldn't get that. Sorry to run over you there. I just uh, I've, I've got the I've got the exact stats up for the LJL viewership. So the comparison to 2019, up 44.44%. <laughs> comparison. What? Comparison to spring 2018, up 75.27%. We're up 40. Like, that's just huge. This is 44% on a year-on-year -year average. That is absurd. Yeah. That kind Pretty of huge. growth still from it's 70 massive. to 44 during these kind that's absurd dude that's, i mean I, I, i'm sure it helps that we've had people in like 75 percent but remember like the year on year thing means that 44 percent is still larger net viewers oh than, yeah yeah it's, it's more than it seems that's why i'm freaking so, out it's very impressive we need very to impressive. we haven't talked about the playoff format yet either actually yeah that's something that we need to talk about. we did a little bit the last time as well i know but like no, I, I have to say, if we're going to talk about some of the crap about scheduling stuff, the, the, the playoff format was good. It was good. I, I like the upper bracket. It's just the schedule it, between round two, I, round two. What, I enjoyed seeing more teams in playoffs. We had six out of our, uh, yeah, six out of our eight teams play, and it's really good to see all of them. Would you guys mind if I drive this conversation? Up yeah, go, man. What you, what you got? So, when we originally came to start doing the LGR officially unofficial, we, when we did our tier lists and everything else, we worked on the idea that there is only going to be three teams going into playoffs. I'm saying this now because uh, this is going to be something we reference a lot in our hot takes and everything else. And this is also something that <laughs> in our tier lists, um, we basically reference our top three, middle three, bottom two. Um, and how our expectations went. It actually doesn't matter in that sense because you have top two, middle four bottom two um yeah. which is very yeah. different for our playoffs and everything because i don't believe playoffs had been announced how they were doing it when we first started recording we did uh, learn part yeah. way through the split i believe ha that playoffs were going to be different but we weren't quite sure how everything was going to work out and it's far better from us to not speculate than to what just wait i think sure am i right with that Nightmare? yeah um, I'm trying to remember when we, we found out relatively early, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't really change how we power rank the teams and stuff. It's like, well, whatever. It's just this is how, like, we um, look at these teams and we think about these kind of brackets, our assumed kind of power rankings, stuff like that. 
But obviously, uh, yeah, no, and the plus being Wait. different was something that we, I think when we first decided to start casting and we, we didn't know about it, we learned about it soon after. I can't remember if we knew episode one, though. I don't recall we did. I mean, just Whatever. for any of our listeners that isn't hugely anyway. aware, um, LJL used to just do a top three playoffs where uh, the first place seed automatically yeah, qualified to the finals, and then obviously third and second just played off. Um, now we get the top six, which basically means it's a lot more into offer, which is why more games are required. Um, I mean, I do want to speculate, and this is just me going pure speculation mode, if they're interested mm -hmm. in having six teams in playoffs, commonly you would assume to see more teams in a, re in, in a league to make it, because that's only... That's a hmm. that's a very small percentage amount of teams will only miss. Only fifteen percent of teams I... in the league are going to miss. Okay. So oh, I'm yeah. interested. The LCS in... regions used to have that. The LCS regions they used did. to have that, I think. So, they used to have six, so and they had like the quarterfinals. They expanded. The yeah. Yeah. So I think partly it's basically how much talent does your the infrastructure like, and there is room for the LJL to expand at some point, but I think for now there is this kind of element of like do we have enough talent to have teams and i don't think the ljl is confident enough to put that in so oh, yeah that would be part of the reason so like that's an issue it's also like it's semi, on the other hand though i franchise do you remember yeah we're not franchise yeah. so i mean so they could so it was the, um, so they could expand that um on top of that there is something to be said for if you know you cannot reach top three, and sometimes top three teams do just run away with the league and it's just impossible to meet them, teams just have less to play for. It's less competitive drive, and actually having six teams in playoffs is just better competitive space for players to be in because they've got more to live for. Playoffs is a dream that's achievable rather than way out of reach for like DFM and whoever the, the current Rampage, the current yeah. USG are, right? I don't disagree. I think it's just an interesting fact that uh, we've changed for oh, this. Sure. Potentially moving forward, I like to do these really early speculative calls. I wouldn't be surprised if we go to yeah. 10 teams maybe. potentially in 2021. Maybe, maybe it'll happen that way. Something like maybe that. it will. Yeah. Maybe that'd be crazy. Um, I don't think we'll go straight to like 12 teams or anything crazy. I think it'll be 10. Oh, no, it'll like, be like right. 10 it'll, teams. It'll, it'll only be two at most. And I yeah, that's that's what that's what LCS LEC did when they expanded in season five. They had the expansion tournaments, and they yeah. went from eight to ten. And I mean, I also um, just imagine... don't know how much how many esports organizations there are in Japan, personally. Yeah. But just just remember that. So basically, like the the LGL right now doesn't the have promotion relegation. It, yeah. It, so LGL exactly. doesn't have promotion relegation right now. So it's kind of, it's not a riot franchise, but it's it not. is a franchise as a thing. No. So there's no promotion relegation. No, it's it's not a riot franchise. You just um, buy your so spot like, in, and that's it. It's just it's. It's yeah, it's it's weird. It's, it's kind just... of like it's, uh, it's the halfway house between like LEC and free for all. So. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a weird halfway house, but yeah, no, I think overall, besides the schedule for the playoffs thing, I think the playoffs format. I enjoyed seeing more teams in there. Partic I wonder if that's just because the teams more even the split though. If it was as top heavy as it has been in previous years, and we get a load of quite low quality best of fives, it might have been quite a bad format. But I think the play I, I enjoyed the playoffs matches. I think the matches were very yeah. good. And we wouldn't have had that without this format. So I think in terms of how much we slammed them for the regular season, the playoffs was pretty good. Besides the break. That was I bad. say, yeah, but that, that break was egregious. That was I mean, I, but the format itself wasn't a problem. Uh, you know, what what I, do you guys think about that? Yeah. I, I think the only good thing I'll add on that is I think the, the top two getting a kind of 
lifeline, a get out of jail free court card in that juggernaut match, I think is a nice touch. It gives kind of the, because you're gonna if you're gonna have so many teams in playoffs anyway, where you are actually taking three quarters of the teams into playoffs. Like, actually, you know, having more reason to strive for the top of the table is important still, because otherwise people say I'm in playoffs, I don't have to care so much anymore, um, and that's not great for competitive drive either. So having like a good reason to end up in the top two, namely, hey, you actually get to skip around, you get a you get a I, an extra life. I, I think that can be. Quite I agree. Good. I also do prefer this kind of system, this kind of tournament structure, very similar to like FGCs and just standard mm. kind of esports gotcha. tournaments. Yeah. Especially you see this in Counter Strike and other esports, mm. where you have a special tournament. The people that did well during their play-ins and everything else are in their teams, scrims and Swiss and everything get the pass. But guess what? If they lose, they go down to losers bracket, which is round three. I prefer this so much more over to them what LCK currently does, where it's oh, just... Oh, I think that's a big discussion right now in the, in the LCK format, too. Yeah, I, I, I currently think we actually have one of the better ones. It's not flawless by any mm-hmm. sense of the imagination, yeah. but I think it's a really good place for them to build, and I think we've definitely hit the nail on the head that frankly, a lot of our problems with the LJL when it came to the tournament structure and everything wasn't actually the tournaments itself. Uh, we actually think it was rather well done. It just came down to the time because yeah, there was a lot. There was basically about two months of dead time. That's probably the best way to sum up our thoughts. So I, yeah, well said, Lexi. I think that's basically mm-hmm. Which is. I mean, so I do like the point you made about well, what happens with like when you've only got two teams not making playoffs? That's relevant too. I know that's something we can entertain. And when in a team of eight, eight teams, when six of them make playoffs. Maybe a point to entertain. So that's not something I thought about. So yeah, I I, I agree with that's that. Why with, I'm here. With, yeah. That's why I'm here. I do sometimes have a five head moment. I just grow ah, from a three only head to a five head. Only sometimes. It does gotcha. go when the light hits my forehead right, and it reflects it a little bit. <laughs> it gets it going perfectly fine. Uh, I do want to just the ring light, buddy. Oh, I do want to hit it <laughs> one last time back over to initialize. Um, yes. Just because I do know you put a little bit of work, or well, a fair bit of work into this. So, have you got any other closing points? Potentially anything you've overlooked or forgot to mention very quickly? I think that covered most of it. Like, I think anything more is going into a lot of nitty gritty nuance and what, like, cool. potentially talking about like what other formats would be competitive. And there's maybe one or two options, but I think this is a good starting place, and I like it. The option would be. Adding a couple more teams in to add more people who don't make it in, but that oh, feels like it needs to be competitive. Yeah. There were the scouting grounds tournaments, remember, yeah. back in the day. Scouting yeah, I mean, we were still like seeing that the LJL going into this. I mean, this is how we got. Uh, I believe uh, this is how Pooh and Pooh? Grendel. Pooh. That's how Pooh came in. Yeah, Grendel as well. I felt possibly maybe sure. maybe a while ago Grendel came in through that. Mm. No, actually, no. I remember Grendel was a player. Then he went off. He has played for challenger teams, and he for somehow earned his way on being a coach. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but like, so Grand, uh, so we know Pooh went through a similar kind of challenger thing. There's at least some form of competitive tournament pedigree in the LGL. So I mean, it, especially in the lower levels, which will be interesting. Obviously, though, um, getting rank one in LGL or in the Japanese server doesn't seem to have a lot of prestige because a lot of the best players that we have been coming across, they all play in Korea. So how much do we actually have to uh, put on? good in japan server whereas everybody pays with 20 ping over in korea <laughs> i mean that that asks questions but uh, let's go on to our next 
main topic, which is where we're going to start flaming ourselves, and we're gonna uh, have a lot, we're gonna have a lot more fun with this instead of looking at the region and the uh, the LGL itself. We're gonna look at ourselves and say what we said about the teams and everything. So first off, gentlemen, I'm going to run through my power rankings, and uh, then I will ask you each to do your own, and then let's uh, talk about similarities, differences, and uh, then we'll go into kind of the, some of the fun stuff that uh, Nightmare is going to bring to us through our lovely ears. In eighth, uh, in eighth place, I've got Axis. In seventh place, I have Burning Core. In sixth place, I have Rascal Jester. In fifth place, I have V3. In fourth place, I have CGA. In third place, I have Sengoku Gaming. In second place, I have DFM. Uh, and all the way in first place, winning the LGL 2020 Spring Split. We're on their uh, golden run for Honey. It's going to be the Hawks. <clears throat> uh, Nymera, let, let you take it away and do your Okay, rundown. so not talk, talking about any of those things at all. Nope. In eighth place, no, I have Axis. No. In seventh place, I have Burning Core. In sixth place, I have V3. Fifth place, I have Rascal Jester. Fourth uh -huh. place, I have CJ, CG, CGA. Uh -huh. Third place, I have oh. the Hawks. Oh, okay. And in second place, I have DFM. And first place, I have Sangoku. Oh, <clears> okay. Initialize, your turn. Uh, I had Axis in 8th place, like the two of you. I also have Burning Core in 7th place. Then I had Rascal Jesters. Then I had CGA. Then I had V3. Then I too had the Hawks in 3rd. I had Sengoku Gaming in 2nd. And Detonation focused me as the Spring Split champion. Jesus oh. Christ, we okay. messed up bad on that one. Okay, so... <laughs> everyone's probably thinking we've got two of the well okay so i clearly went all in on a team but my uh, lovely co-hosts here on this podcast also agreed with me and then initialized decided in his infinite wisdom and we this will be in the show notes by the way um in his infinite wisdom to say you know what lexi your first place prediction wasn't that crazy at the beginning um a certain player and coach of the region you might have heard of him he's he's called maple street it's i, I don't know maybe no, i've never heard of him before. Maybe, maybe not famous at all yeah yeah, yeah. Not, not famous he does follow, not related to anybody else he follows the account on twitter May, I, I don't know i don't know he said he, he put the hawks also in first place he did. So, um, I mean, I will, I will caveat him in fairness in that he also said that would be come the end of the season. So, sure, he's um, he's 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 got a lot of rolling of dice to hope that that's gonna work out. <laughs> sure. Um, so okay, let's let's first talk about access as we can go mm -hmm. far more into this. And um, yeah, this is gonna be a awkward one. We all put them. At, well, I think uh, Nymera might be able to put this better with a soundbite of me saying something. <laughs> yeah, so we have a video sharing thing, which will hopefully replay some clips from episode one, which you'll hear. So our first one is this. To do it. I feel bad because they've just announced their full roster and oh. I'm going to put them at eighth. Um, and it's going to be Axis, sadly. Yeah, I agree. Not I agree. much disagreement there. Okay. I mean... And <laughs> So, yeah, we it's on video, it's recorded. Yep. We put axes in eighth. And I mean, to be honest, we just kind of looked at their summer and spring split in the grand scale of things, and they had not performed. Some things had changed, but we weren't confident enough that that was gonna be the change. I mean, I mean, what, for God's yeah. sake, like, what yeah. else could so, we I mean, expect? 
particularly my opinion, I have another Pellet Cat Sandblight, which I can play immediately if you want me to turn into Yeah, it. do it. Think, I know which one you're going for. Generated by junglers. And if you want to not finish last, you can't keep your stone dead last um, solo laners, mm. right? And that's <laughs> me saying some pretty hot takes there. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so I basically just say, if you're going to finish last for a full year going 3-17 and 17 in both splits, what are you doing with your solo laners? And actually, Gadiadu had a really good split. He had a really good split. <laughs> really good split for me. You know and who Un-Yan. he used to be on no. before Axis? Oh, I know that. I already and, looked and, at and that. And Yan also had some really good moments. Maybe some yeah. arguments to be made there, but Gadiadu, on the whole, had a really good split. Really good split. really take a bit of a slap for that one, because he was oh, arguably man. their best member, it, it, I think. It's crazy that we rated Gadiadu so low, because he's ex-USG, who basically went to back-to-back finals, I think, or yeah. something like back-to-back... Pl- uh, back-to-back playoffs um in the 2018 spring and summer split and then we're just like hard flaming him because he's like nah mate you're washed up and it's like uh maybe maybe it was the other members of the team and it wasn't Ah. him and Unyan who were actually performing pretty good granted Unyan at that point was unproven talent he was a challenger player going into this and this was his uh Mm. mm, questionable but i mean clearly they both performed far above our own yeah, expectations sure um and i i had some reasoning for that as well but i yeah. think axes i mean like the thing is like going into this split axes were so hard to place above eighth because they'd had such a crap 2019 right mm-hmm. and you, you know like it, you, there had to be some kind of change and obviously they did it but like it wasn't for the first start of the week they went zero four right in the first and then they f- picked up their first win in week one i think they went zero five before three, they picked up their first win yeah they went zero four i think I think, they went, I think they went 0-5 because they picked was up a five? win My in days. I think they won their second game of week three, if I'm remembering rightly. Was but it, like, it was win? a long I'll, 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 I'll time for them to turn around and get away. But it actually. wasn't the longest losing streak in the LJL, so does it matter in the grand scale no, of things? It actually wasn't. Nah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's just the most visible one because there's a zero in the win column so long, right? So maybe that does tilt some opinions. But like, no. Axes, we completely misjudged them. Yeah. I mean, do you want to... It was the first win of week three, Al. Gotcha, just gotcha. Uh, just to come that one, he was first. Gotcha. I mean, we've got a really uh, nice. And I think actually, go on, man. Yeah, we've got a really nice closing thought, which is probably actually going to link into Initializer's thought with the next times uh, with the next clip. Uh, once Nightmare can get that up, gotcha. which kind um, of really explains what I imagine um, Initializer's planning on going with his point. Um, the is which play to the level which they did last year. I can't see how changing jungle and your bot lane is going to help because you mm-hmm. can't team fight effectively when you don't have at least a stable map state. So that was one thing which I had next thing on the timestamp. But yeah, yep. that's me again, just kind of taking a bit of a crap on my own intellect really and just being like, okay, well, whatever. Actually for me, I think if you go and watch a couple of the games where Axis were really failing, it was about stable map states because like you had mid lane doing all right and then the other lanes not really mad. They, they had some really good ideas. I love their drafts, but. I think this was part of the the brilliance of watching Axis this split, wasn't mm. it? They, we had no hope for them. No one had hope for them. There was bad Twitter votes everywhere. Everyone thought they were going to be uh, kind of the stone dead last perennial wooden spoon, a, a kind of falling into Italy in the Six Nations kind of vibes. Like that oh. kind of, yeah. you kind of know where they're going to be. They might try and play a little bit, but they're going to struggle. And the additions of Corporal who'd come in from, you know, ex-Dialwolf player, we had... Hoglet, who's a relative unknown, who'd been playing a little bit over in Latam, 
done pretty well over there, played some challenger series. Like we didn't know that what to expect from this. We didn't think it would be enough. And then they come out with these ridiculous strats, like things like some brilliant we're gonna run Tristana Carthus and press our R buttons at the same time and try and blow people up. We're gonna run Jinx Lissandra. I'm gonna have Corporal on a thresh making these yeah. really clutch outplays and they're um they're, yeah, they're creative. They just came in with plants. Yeah, the creativity was never in doubt, and that's something which I liked right from week one, where they were the only team playing Rise actually and trying to do a one-three-one. Didn't end up working, but you could kind of see the pieces in motion just never quite worked. Yeah, and yeah, you hit this point where actually Gariaru was a stable point on the map, where Hoglet was getting things done early, where Corporal was making good plays on on the likes of his Thresh, um, where we had a bit of a stable map and suddenly a plan involved, and we kind of were made to eat our words because Axis turned out to be. A pretty good team and well and truly playable. I mean, in the grand scale of things, when you say eat our words, we don't have to necessarily eat them too much because they were a team that we did ask during the podcast yeah. to perform. We, you can't, if you're gonna you set up the caveat, yeah. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, prove us wrong because currently, what you've got, the like new changes are good, but mm. we don't know how much Corporal was going to do for the t well, we didn't even know who was going to be their support laner until no. uh, oh, they yeah, things there, came out. Drama, and then drama in there. Corporal was made their yeah. dead starting support, uh, which to be honest, I think has paid in spades Massive. for the team in the grand scale of things, uh, from play to also just communication. It just seems like the team worked. Good. Um, also, Hoglet has been a huge improvement in the jungle. Really, really does just trust Gadiaru um, to just kind of in in games and Urnyan as well to that extent. And Hyde has been really important. It's been it's been surprised, and this is a team where potentially moving forward could offer really great things, right? Yeah, because I think that I mean, so if you look particularly, if you go back a couple of episodes to our pre playoffs one where we do our power ranking stuff, I was really high on Gadiaru and Hoglet, and we were all very uh, complimentary of Corporal as well. We had some questions about Hyde and his positioning, but you know he wasn't the worst thing ever. You know, that we we had a lot of praise for a team which at the start of the split you wouldn't have heard us said. So yeah. Yeah. Congrats, Axis, you did well. We, you know, they had a Cinderella story, and, you know, we said they might need a bit of magic to pull themselves out of the last. You know, the fairy godmother did come along, and they did get that carriage to go and find their way up to playoffs. But, you know, we asked for a bit of a miracle, and they sure as hell provided with a lot of hard work and some clever play. So I want to ask both of you guys, actually, how did you feel about Axis doing this, this split? Legit. Because obviously we talked about it from, like, oh, you know, our prediction's wrong. But, like, how did you feel about Axis going through this split? What because of how they oh on my week how's the how they did just everything about axes how did you feel about uh, it? to be honest I think I needed somebody to do something like this in the grand uh, um it, when looking at the LJL I mean there were teams that were basically doing the opposite and no one really started doing everyone started losing a bunch no one started winning a lot except for really DFM and Sengoku who who are teams we already rated really highly I really wanted to see um a team do this i would have been happy with basically anybody really doing this in my eyes um mm -hmm. and i i think it was really nice to, that it happened to be access because they yeah. were that two split week uh two splits in a row can't win a game basically six wins across two splits is just yeah that doesn't even get you middle that's, of the pack sometimes good. uh where yeah. it's nice i would have been happy if burning core had done this run i would have been hmm. just as happy i think if uh, rascal jesters had actually not come seventh if maybe they had pushed themselves up to third maybe even second and take off sengoku i would have loved to have seen yeah. that um I think there were options. I think I'm just happy that Axis uh, finally had their day in the sun, though, because it's been well, a long time. Someone did it, and it was Axis, so it's even better. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I kind of want to add in on that, because actually, it never feels good to write a team off. 
right? You never want to come into a split and said, yeah, they're done from the beginning. And we mm-hmm. kind of had that fear that Axis were just going to be doing a repeat of 2018. It would just feel like it's a bit of a disappointment from a contestative point of view. And it just feels bad, like, like to, what, to have a team that's just not not having not a good time. And, and it's so much sweeter than, like, it, you know, like to actually be proved wrong where you said, actually, this, oh, we don't think this team's got a chance and they prove you wrong. And that feels a lot better than, say, a team that you have a lot of hopes for just falling apart and looking a bit miserable. This, you know, that 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 feels really cool. Watching a team that that pull it together and kind of prove you wrong in a good way, right? Prove being proved wrong in a good way and actually compete is nice, mm. especially because it's not like we did. Especially because we think they could potentially. Pepe hands, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get onto that. Allu- that. Uh... Yeah, that, we'll get onto that, that, that a bit later. Our joint all in seventh place, and we actually called it correctly. Good job, all of us. Um, without any moving or shuffling around the standings. Burning Core, seventh place. Um, I think the Burning Core quote that I say in a moment is, will yeah. actually probably sum this up perfectly. Really I agree. In our- I agree. So, being middle of the pack last split, and the split before does not by default make you another middle of the pack team. This actually downgrades you. You are now going to go down in our tier list. And in that, and I think that sums it up perfectly. If yep. I'm honest, I think you put it into words, which, yep, very blunt, but it makes the point very well. It was, um, they didn't change the roster. It was a really sad thing that Burning Core were a roster that were already not doing much of anything exciting. And then you look at this and I mean, I think, I don't know if we actually say this quite later, and if we do, we can play it anyway. Um, but it's along the lines of, I think it's either one of you two says, I don't say this, but um, basically the region in general has gotten significantly stronger. And this is, a, and every, if everybody else is upgrading, even Axis were upgrading, um, or at least trying something out. Yeah, um, trying. Whereas yeah. Burning Call were the only team doing that, and they weren't DFM. But DFM were the only other team to not do that, but DFM are different yeah, to right, Burning yeah. Core. DFM can do whatever the fuck they like and probably still do okay. Whereas Burning Core were already on shaky ground. They were lucky to make set sixth, fifth, I think was their common placing out of eight teams, which are uh, cool, buddy. Yeah. You're you're staying stable and now you're not you're now you're think, the bottom of the pack. I think last year they finished fourth twice. I think that's what they did. Yeah. So basically we called them like, okay, alright, you're definitely in that halfway mark between the teams here, either fourth or fifth, something like that. Yeah, something like and that. And like, in fairness, like credit to them, they did bounce around the scandings a fair bit. And Ray Farky was very impressive in the top lane, but like <laughs> it felt like it was Ray Farky or bust so many games. Yeah. Yeah. They deserved yeah. I mean, unfortunately. They did. I um, we we had that conversation, didn't we? Where we actually said I remember having a conversation a little bit uh, in the when we were talking about Benny Cole back way on that episode, we said like, look, this is a team that's might hit middle of the standings, and there's some talent here, but they have got issues not upgrading what everybody else has is a problem. And you kind of saw it because we knew what Ray Farky could do, and we saw what once could do with an early lead. We also could see him throw it, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we saw glimmers of wanting to reach for the stars, and they just didn't quite make it. I mean, this uh, this will be part of our news part, so we're going to be talking a bit more about Burning Core and changes in the future. Mm. But, uh, I mean, this is definitely a team where uh, stuff needs to change in the roster. Mm. Um, potentially not too much going into summer, because that's a terrible time to do huge roster changes. But moving into 2021 spring, or just into the next season after summer, depending on how things do continue moving forward, um, 
uh, things will need to change because there's current problems for the rest of this team. And this is why they finished 7th. They took. Yep. They decided to take a split off and, uh, well, we called it. And it's great to say we called it because <laughs> they didn't do what we said they needed to do. And, and it's also really good for, from our point of view. We're basically, I mean, what you're saying is like, well, you know, downgrading, uh, not changing anything is the same as downgrading. The other side of that means that basically the entire league has got better. So for us as casters, you guys as spectators and for LGL and the international stage, uh, stage it's good. You know, it means that LGL is probably, I mean, if you look at, if you say, basically, if nothing had changed, Burning Core would have come fourth. They have dropped significantly. That means LGL is better. It's good for us yeah. internationally. Well, yeah. it also like, means that we're good at analyzing and analytics. So it means And Axis wasn't a free win. Like, you Tom, can't guarantee that anymore. Like, they were taking games off these guys. Uh, I think that's actually a really good quote that I think if Nymera set the next one up actually falls into it. Into that top three playoff bracket. Um, but they never kind of fell below that. Yeah. Uh, but this split, I think with the amount of new blood we've got coming into the LGL, I don't see them keeping up with the rest of the teams in this region. Yeah. I don't... Is there anything more you want to play tonight? No, 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 no. That, that was basically you just calling it perfectly, <laughs> sir. I didn't put that one down myself, so I'm like, I have no idea what's actually going to be said. No, here, no, I, yeah. I, I tried to go through every all of cool. them quickly, but like that's because, I mean, that was your brother doing that one for you, sir. So, uh, um, I got like, you, buddy. I think that just really echoes the fact that it wasn't just one of us. We all put them at seventh place. We all kind of echoed the same fact. And um, our tier list were done into... Um, independent of each other and then we came together and decided to talk about it so uh yeah that's bad where three independent brains yes while we do talk about the region we do also like to do things individually so we're not completely um in an echo chamber in regards to all of our thoughts yeah now this does take us into an interesting spot gentlemen as um i think the next sound bites if nymera is ready for us um, will kind of explain a lot of where we're going with this for our next three teams. I have been yeah. umming and ahhing over this for the last like few minutes while you've both been talking and I've been mm -hmm. interjecting. I've kind of moved them around. This is how kind of fluid. I'm gonna make the stand and I, I think I've got it this order and I'm gonna do it and I totally could think I'm wrong and that this group that I'm putting a sixth could God, be fourth. Waffle. This is how much it's close it is. That's pretty much it. Just saying that fourth or sixth, absolute shit show. Yeah, um, and th this is why we also. <laughs> it have was the pretty much. <laughs> we have the same three teams in this kind of area of CGA V3 and Rascal Jester. Me and Initialize both put Rascal Jester as our um, fifth, sixth place team, but there and Initialize, uh, no, and Nymera put them as fifth, and then we all swap around in fifth and fourth, and. Uh, Basically, we try to get every combination between the three of us independently, yep. which I think is actually pretty impressive in the grand scale of things, with only one <laughs> tie. Uh, so, pat on the back for that, at least. Um, I mean, this... this. I mean, I think I just want to go into the first quote that really kind of hits sure. where we're at with this and Rascal Jester. I'm putting Rascal yeah. Jesters at sick. Me too. Okay, so I put them at fifth. Okay. Um, Okay, so do you want to run any more of that, or is that a... Yeah, no, 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 that's that's what I wanted. Um, So, me and Initialize both put them at sixth place, because this was a team where we yeah. both kind of looked at them and thought, well, I mean, they're good, but they could also just have the basic training wheel. They, the, the wheels could come off the bike at any point, and it could be an absolute shit show. At that same time, 
they could suddenly the the those wheels could turn into rocket launchers and go to the moon and have a perfect game in week seven versus Sengoku. So frankly, <laughs> I think Rascal Jester's Such actually a weird team. kind of played up to all of our expectations. I'm gonna pass over to initialize for uh for this first part and then I'll go yeah. to Nomura. Yeah, I mean I, that was the problem with Jess. I mean if you wanna I mean I've got a super hot take if you wanna throw that out, Al. Sure. Um because this probably describes my thoughts on the Jesters. Really. Yeah, because that, that just throws my points on the Jesters straight out. The time for the synergy to come together. So at the minute for the start of the split, I have Rascal Jester down in sixth. I expect them to start making upsets come mid of the season. I expect them to stop being upsets by the end of the season. Um, so I, yes, I've got them down in sixth. Yeah, that is for. Yeah, uh, and. That'll kind of do because that was my thought. My thinking is like um, I um, call a little bit later that I, I actually expect Tid the Jesters to potentially compete for fourth in summer, and I kind of stand by that because the Jesters when they're on are kind of brilliant. They have drafts out of the weird, they weird drafts that kind of work. They've got brilliant bot lane in Art and Vivid that can do a lot of work. Hatchy matching where he's got a good read does a lot of stuff. At the same time, they can just suddenly look like they have no clue what they're doing, and it's completely bizarre to read. Do you want to see um, both sides of this? Regular season versus Burning Core, both games, really good to see both sides of what he's saying. Yeah. And <laughs> that, one, that was what making this team so hard to call. Like, they could be sick, they could be fourth, they could be anywhere in between, and they do have that ability to just take games off people, and it wouldn't be an upset. They could also drop games to people. And it wouldn't be an upset. Um, and that's the kind of team they were. And I, I think I probably stick by it. I think that takes probably lasted quite well. I think so, yeah. Um, well, obviously, the first round of playoffs, we saw them go five games versus CGA. Um, it was really fun. Um, they finished the season in fourth place, so the regular split. Um, so they came into playoffs looking pretty hot. They had a fantastic series versus CJ. They lost, but they competed. So competing for fourth yeah. seems like it was on. down to a last game that could have gone. There was two carries, Art and Aria, that were trying their very best. I mean, if you use the playoff where they fell in there, that's fifth slash six. We all got that one right. So I mean, we're still looking pretty good um, in regards to that. I mean, I I do have a rather controversial point when I am starting to roast rascal jester a little bit on my thoughts in regards to it um and how their team work really you have it keyed up go for it brilliantly together for the same That's reason fair. as sam but i don't also expect them to potentially like if they if they bond it's going to be great but if they don't it they they are probably just better on an individual level then, in my opinion, Axis and Burning Core. That's why I <coughs> put them at sixth. But I also could see them... If they perform, they're going to perform brilliantly. If they don't, it's just going to be uh, just people trying to work together and it's almost going to be glorified solo queue. And that's pretty much what I wanted to get to. Rattle <laughs> Jester, glorified solo queue. Oh, you know what? Man. That sounds actually very fitting for a team oh. that picks some random-ass shit and makes it somehow work. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're the team that upset CGA, I remember, when Alia looked like they couldn't lose the game. But nah, Rascal Jester oh, find out the spots. Rascal Jester are the team that I think has had some of the jammiest wins in the oh, shit, no, oh, sure. But they they're also ridiculous. the team that has lost spots where they shouldn't have lost. They have lost games yeah. where they shouldn't have lost. They had a lead and... Uh, I think my my idea of that they're two teams into one was a really nice way of kind of thinking of it. Mm. They were a team that could definitely 
do everything. I mean, you just have to think, like, somehow they perfect game Sengoku, who then went yeah. on to beat DFM in playoffs in that first game. It's like, what the <sighs> fuck are we doing? And then they lose to CGA. It's like, God, Rascal Jester really are the money makers, right? They could beat... Yeah. I, I think we've, we've been calling this throughout all of it. Um, whenever we saw Rascal Jester... And all of our podcasts, I think, especially during the regular split, we always said Rascal Jester are the team that could beat anybody, but they could lose to anybody. Yeah, yeah. and they didn't quite manage to beat a DFM, but they came really close. I they think did. it was week. It was either week two. I think it was week two it was actually. Week two. Came, yeah, was well, it? Came close. DFM. They had a really interesting draft. We talked about it a load in previous podcasts. But you know, they they were really trying out new stuff, and they were kind of the mad scientists. I think they are the team we'd give that moniker to. And like, I mean, oh, yeah. in game one of playoffs against CJ, we saw like Ninja solo killing Aria, our mid, like mid lane MVP and stuff. They could on on! Do, on a good day, <laughs> on a good day, this team could do anything. They finished fifth, sixth, but come summer, really need to watch them. Yeah. If only because there is a wild card they love to draw and everyone else just doesn't know what to make of them and it's wonderful. Nautilus mid is still a thing and it's played by Ninja. I mean, are we really surprised? Not no, really. not at all. But then that takes us <laughs> over to our next team in the agenda. Nymera's sixth place team, my fifth place team, and Initialize's fourth place team. V3, at the beginning oh, of this split, we kind of dubbed them the one-on-one -one team in every week. They then stopped having that moniker, and a god did rise from them. His name was Boogie, but uh, that's not well, white where we started with v3 now is it nymera okay. is it so, so my other arguments but they'll come later yeah <laughs> so, my, so i think they will be better than a sixth place team uh v3 for me actually swapped around for me yeah okay. i've got rascal say okay right and it will go into a little bit after that but yes the soundbite is i thought v3 would be sixth and i am sorry <laughs> i apologize i shall go Ooh. Atone for my sins. Learn Jungle Echo and oh. understand the ways, the means, the paths of Boogie. And yeah, there's another soundbite which we'll go into in a bit. But like, I had some reasoning which is somewhat relevant, but sixth was absolutely not where V3 was. No, I mean, this was a team that we no. all underrated, I think, would be fair. Yeah, I mean, I had them up in fourth. So like, I had some hope for them. Partly for the wrong reasons, I think, which we might cover later. But I, I had a I had a call on V3 being up in fourth and perhaps struggling to touch the top yeah. three. Um, but I had a lot of faith, particularly in Boogie and in Paz, and some of that was true. So, no, Mara, go on. That's I want to hear the soundbite because I love hearing. I heard I, I chuckled to myself while I was walking yeah. along yesterday and listening to it. So, uh, go on. V3 third. I just don't trust Ace in this current meta. I think that Ace is going to be a liability in team fights. I don't think he always puts out the damage that he could do. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I think, um, I, I, think, yeah. I think that's fair. I think the Zoe yeah. game, which we were very underwhelmed with, where he wasn't finding the picks or the damage, you actually just called several months before <laughs> that game even happened. He, yeah, so, I, yeah. No, so basically, the, the thing for me is that V3, um, when they started doing really well, it was on picks where actually Ace, regardless of how he performed, could just, like, perfor perform the role within his team, and they did well. Yeah. Stuff like the Rumble mid, and he played that really so well. And it, Hell, the Nocturne, right? Press R. Yeah, yeah, so when they came into the first round of playoffs and then against CGA as well, actually Ace did really well, and that's one of the reasons I was really high on them coming into the semifinals match. It was actually like, hey, 
So Ace, in the last playoffs, he had some awkward moments where he didn't quite land all the damage he needed to, but he found some picks that were working for him. It just didn't come out again in the semifinals. No. And I mean, what was so upsetting for us is because we actually thought maybe we're fully wrong about Ace. Maybe yeah. we are. Um, he just maybe he found a champion pool. He's doing okay against Ardia. If you can do okay against Ardia, we think we are going to have a very more. We're gonna you're gonna have a fine time versus Cyrus in the grand scale of things. You should be able to at least farm equally. God, how wrong we were with that. God, how wrong we no, were with man. that. Yeah, yeah. Ace really, really had it taken to him by Cyrus in the semifinals. It was pretty nasty. But yeah, no. I mean, like V three. I, we definitely underrated them. I don't think any of us could see how big Boogie would be for this team. And also, no. having a rookie AD carry and Archer come in and really just have a good split on the whole. Yeah. So we under and we undervalued we all, a lot of them. Well, we really slept on Rayner as well. Like that man was great. Second best sport in the league, probably. Yeah, I'd agree. Mm, top three, yeah. Top three, yeah. Top three. I mean, yeah. V3 was a team that in the original podcast we didn't cover hugely because we, we kind of put them as a sixth slash fifth slash fourth. Like, we weren't quite sure where we're going to put them. We weren't particularly high on them, but we weren't not on them. We thought they would be a presence. It'd be interesting. <coughs> we, we did say things about Boogie, but in the actual podcast episode itself, we very much kind of slept on them a little bit. Okay, and our reasoning for that was they reached the finals in the last split with a jungler who, by the way, so he's called Baby, renamed to River. He just won the PCS, by the way. So this guy was mm. a he's a really, really good player. player. Really good. They lost Yutori Miyashi, star AD carry. Um, they lost their support as well. as yeah. Vivid. Vivid. So they lost, like, three really good players for players that we just didn't know would succeed. So, you know, we were down on them, and we were wrong about that. I think that that was also an educated guess of hedging your yeah. bets when you're losing potentially the best Japanese AD carry or maybe the second best depending on Utapon. Like like one of the two, you're losing a proven jungler who has only gone on for bigger titles, yeah, right? Big it, it, like huge titles in the grand scale of things, and then losing a support like Vivid, a proven support. Yes, okay, you're sp switching out for Reina, which again. Proven support turned rather, out pretty well. Rather turned out similar well. level. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's just it's very difficult to guess that. So I think we were hedging our bets, saying it might take a split to get used to it. They actually picked it up pretty quickly. So yeah, the other team though we haven't talked about in this pack of three is CGA. Now uh, I put CGA at fourth place. Nymera put CGA at fourth place, and Initialize put them at fifth place. And we were I did. We were all still. On CGA, CGA were our highest rated team out of the three, between the three of us. So we're definitely, uh, we were all expecting positive things, I think, to come from CGA. Am I right when saying that, gentlemen? They made us work for it. But yeah, no, I think, yes. so CGA were the third place finishers from summer 2019. And yeah, uh, we feel like it was going to be a bit awkward with a couple of the changes coming in. But we were overall thinking, hey, these guys are pretty good. They got a new AD carry, Gango. He's a Korean AD carry, did pretty well. I think I think let's uh, let's hear the first uh, soundbite for initialize why they've it, he's put them in fifth place. I did put them in fifth place. It's my fifth place. Your fifth place. Who's your fifth place? So my fifth place is currently Crest Gaming. God damn it! You okay. you just destroyed so you, it. <laughs> so you just put V three up in fourth. Place. I have so put V three. Wow. Up in fourth, I have. There we go. So Sam, so put them in fifth. I did. Um, and. Relative to the go standings, <laughs> relative to the standings and the way, um, the floor is yours. Another, another, another way, another team kind of fell out of where we thought they would be. I think probably pushes them up. 
and, and, and I think there's a little later on where I talk about why I put them this way. Because I, I kind of had a, in the podcast, it was a discussion for me at least about why I put V3 over CJ and why I put CJ do what they did. And, and I, I kind of had um, a lot of hope for Aria, then Luna and Gango. Um, but why I put V3 over CJ and I kind of had a lot of hope for V3 was basically let's, I thought... Let's... Let's get the soundbite yeah. for that, yeah. I think, if uh, Nightmare is ready I for it. us. I yeah, go for it. Let's Amazing. play that. So, yeah. So it's specifically for a couple of reasons. So I don't know if anybody's been following the LCS particularly too much at the minute, but there's been a bit of a discussion about why Dignitas have been doing so well in the Oops. early the early half. But they were undefeated uh-huh. until yesterday, I think, was yep. it, the, as of recording anyway. Um, and largely what that's been is the fact they have wait, two wait, wait, very... Wait, wait, ex- wait, wait, did you just say oh, LCS? Does, does that mean TSM? TSM? <laughs> <laughs> we got on a TSM bit for about TSM lost minutes. to Dignitas. We're trying to get him to watch <laughs> Better League. Oh, it's about Bay and Life, but he just oh gets God, really, really aggressive <laughs> about attached to that. What do you mean? Anyway, so, but specifically there is this argument that I want to say... Might have been Jack was having this conversation, or maybe I'm thinking of a possibly a summoning inside episode. Either way, this is a bit of a conversation been happening. That actually part of the reason okay, these guys are say, get to the point. Well. Uh, very experienced solo lanes, or like, or, or at least very, specifically for Dignitas, which means that actually when a lot of teams don't know what they're doing come mid and late game, these guys will find ways to make gains for themselves in their lane. Okay, cool. That's it. That's the sound point. We got to it. So I kind of we we finally got there after the various stuff. On top of that, I basically said I thought Boogie, who was a fantastic jungler, who was coming over from the Flash Wolves, had looked very good on that team. Teaming up with Paz, who had been great towards the end of the last split, that duo would get a lot of wins off teams below because I didn't think there was going to be a lot of competition with the top lane pool in the LJL. I was right about Boogie. Um, I was wrong about how they would use him. Yeah. yeah, but I was wrong about how they would use them. Uh, yeah. And actually, it was completely the other way around. They went for a bot lane dive focus. They went with Reyna and uh, going on with a thresh and going for aggressive attacks under the tower. They went with to join Echo's diving bot. That was how they played, and it wasn't around Paz. So uh, I got it right, but possibly fortuitously, because oh, I got their place out. The, right. the, like the person who carried the least on this team in some ways. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> No, his Aatrox was really good when he picked it up towards the end of the season. Well, he started the split. His early yeah. mid-season was very, very quiet. It was, yeah. And no, the grass Aatrox for a while was odd. Yeah, I mean, a lot of for V3's wins, it lo- it almost always came down to just Boogie and Archer a lot of the times, with Reyna just offering support. We've got, I mean, V3 were the team that um, I believe were the ones that put Reyna on Yumi and Boogie on Olaf, right? And they just ran through the jungle. Was yeah. that was that V3? That was, um, that was. I did a bit of that. No, Sengoku Gaming did as well. Axis's, that was Axes, I believe. That was Axis, okay. It was quite popular, in fairness. It, it happened a couple of times. I'm trying to remember. There was definitely a couple of Olaf-Yumi games from across the league, but yeah. And now it would be uh, Yumi-Graves, because Graves is just... Oh, that sounds horrifying. Oh, don't even start. That sounds horrifying. Um... <laughs> But I mean, we were, I think, I think CGA, I think the reason that they kind of just ended up being mine, myself, at least, I'm not going to speak for Nymera, but at least my fourth place team, because they've got players which we were kind of excited about. Nap has been in the region for, well, he's played in the league for basically as long as DFM members, which is basically saying a lot. And outside of Yutori Muashi is basically, there's not a huge amount of people who have been around for that long which is weird to say 
very consistent. Yeah, exactly. It always carry. Yeah, very yeah. consistent. We're also That's kind important. of in, excited to see Arya um, play more. Um, there have been some interesting moments from them, as well as Yoshi. We were excited for the, I think, mid-up. Um, mm. Though, uh, hmm, uh, I think Anishai has put a really good point for us about the <sighs> bot lane of CGA. Called it. <laughs> I I have high hopes, but I don't think they're going to be the top of the top. No, they're no. I, I, I mid table in, definitely. Yeah, I put them in fifth at the minute because I rate Arya and Gango. I think they're great players. I think that's I worry a little. Totally I worry a little bit about Gango and uh, communication issues. It'll be his first bit in Japan, and that could be an issue. Yeah, that, uh, and, I, I and, and actually, and Yoshi and Grendel kind of stepping into some fairly big shoes to fill means, means me put them in slap bang in the middle because I think they're going to win some, I think they're going to lose some, and I think that's they're going to be a little bit volatile. That would be perfect. And I think I was pretty spot on. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it raises an interesting topic. Now, Mary, you haven't actually spoken much about CDA, so I do want to throw it over to you yeah. for a bit of discussion. So I didn't get much timestamps for myself because, again, we're trying to keep it balanced between the teams and stuff. But I was really high on Gango, and I felt basically yes. in a region like the LJL, um, this guy's super aggressive. He, win he wins lane. He plays stuff like Draven and Lucian. We saw him pick them up. And in the early split, it looked like Gango would be playing towards that kind of style and just mm. kind of styling on people. Didn't really continue towards the mid and late part. But, yeah, I think the main story for CJ for me, particularly because Gango kind of picked up towards the later... Well, not into the late part of the split, but in the in the postseason and stuff with mm. the tiebreaker and everything else. Yoshi and Grendel stepping in some big shoes. They were question marks. Big question marks, and arguably, uh, then we now have answers. Frankly, um, Grendel was having well, Gango was having to play Callista, so he could then bring the Nautilus from Gren uh, uh. from Grendel back to safety. Because Mist Hook get caught out in position, Callista ult to save, and that happened mm -hmm. several times across two different games, I recall rightly. It might be more, yeah, but yeah, I know like I know for certain I can say twice. Which there was the, yeah, there was a game versus um Axes, actually. Mm. It was a really it was the first time Axis brought out um the Lissandra Jinx comp. And Grendel mm. was basically just like Jinx. This was everywhere. This is versus Axes. And like, um, so then it was basically just like, uh, and Corporal had a really good thrash game catching him out. And basically, Grendel would just be there, and like, I'm dead again, guys. Can you fight around me? And it somehow worked, but it didn't make Grendel look very good. The rest of the team was just kind of picking up the pieces. And that's why they started defaulting back to stuff like Callista later on. You're definitely right about that. Yes. It didn't always help, is the really scary thing. Actually, it turns out even Callista can't save Grendel on a bad game. No. And he I mean, around a bit, but like, yeah. And I mean, a lot of it did just I mean, become the Aria show. Sadly, for CGA. And yes, yes, it did. A lot of wins came from that guy, match. And what, what a split that guy had, actually. Oh, he was so good. Back on it, I'm very surprised he managed to so legitimately solo carry as many games as he did. You know, he's still such a fantastic player. Cannot wait to see what he makes in summer as well. But that's going I... to be a podcast for the future in regards mm. to uh, uh, talent elsewhere in our region. But yes. I mean, I will give some credit to Yoshi and Grendel, who I said, you know, substitute stepping into the main roster it's a difficult task huge credit to the both of them towards the end of the split coming into playoffs where they actually did step up and looked a lot more consistent they did, both they did. it was just the regular season for large portions of it where they were both a lot more questionable and or exploitable but towards got, the playoffs you know played well got close though they had to get a tie break to get in and they i'm glad they made it in they made a really good run in playoffs two best of fives which were very entertaining so i'm glad i saw them there
Yeah, hundred percent, and definitely uh, maybe with things shaking up after summer, you could definitely see this team rise up even further, especially yeah. with some of the it talent, or or maybe some of these players moving off. But uh, you could definitely see some of these names uh, definitely. Maybe with a bit more tenure on the rookies, they could do something. Exactly, exactly. I think that's a nice place to wrap it up with that three. This was a three, as I think has been made very clear to our listeners. Uh, we weren't quite sure where to put them. They were all over nope. the place. There was a lot of different reasons to put different teams there. Yeah, we kind of got Rascal Jesters right. And yes, we've kind of already got Burning Core right. But we were very wrong about Axis in the grand scale of things. Uh, we also... V3 were definitely not the team we expected them to be. Especially coming to the later weeks of the spring yeah. split. And then yeah. later in playoffs were just huge teams to be aware of. As well as also CGA. While we were partly very much correct about CGA, we also very wrong about cga and other parts we did not expect god no. potentially a superstar to be born from this team so uh definitely, not, so. definitely a lot for us to take in yeah, arguably v3 and and um, cga they the reason we got them wrong is because of two fantastic um, individual performances out of jungle and mid yes uh the other reason we got them horrendously wrong Oh god, this is gonna hurt for the next five to ten minutes. How long we talk Get about this? Alright, I gotta rip off that band-aid now. Yeah, yeah, I keep doing this to you guys. I know how it feels. So we each placed the Hawks, as you heard earlier, in our top three. Now I was super high on the Hawks and I had some camaraderie with it. And granted, we were all at least expecting some good things from the Hawks, but go yep. on Nymera, just play this. So I've got the Hawks in third. So I've got the SoftBank Hawks in third. I also have them third. Whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, so quick one. <laughs> that's um, pretty much it. Yeah, that's, that was my initial reaction. I was super high on the Hawks. Oh, um, uh, I mean, it's just kind of where it is. Uh, do you want to... That was not exactly the soundbite I was expecting you to bring out. Do, oh, gotcha. do you mind doing... Oh, he goes one, on further. Do, do you mind oh, doing the, the one above where it says the Hawks plus Lexi? Oh, Gotcha, yeah. Uh, that, that's the one I was expecting to hear. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh. But yeah, no, I think that, that sums it perfectly. These two weren't anywhere near as high on the this team as I was. So but I've got... Whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> okay, so quick one. That's why it's so bad that I've been pronouncing the name wrong. So Fukuoka... Yes. Softbank Hawks Gaming is that's my team. I'm I am gonna be <laughs> hardcore on them. I'm gonna be like supporting them like I support TSM. I'll buy their gear. Oh, I'm gonna wear hard. all their stuff. I'll be screaming Softbank Hawks all the way through it. Don't worry. We're getting some cheerleading pom poms. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. If they have a mascot, so, so, I'll cosplay it. Like yeah, so right, fully. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I did not realize it got that, that so bad. Oh my so word, Lexi! How how do you oh, feel? Uh, I mean, I feel like a TSM fan right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not been a good oh. fucking like three months for me as an esports supporter oh. of team like specific team. I've been an NA boy for pretty much all my life as a as a TSM supporter. God, that's just not the best and, place and, to be and, <laughs> and then i get and then i go new region brand new team hawks i'll get in on a new team i'm not going to be a glory chaser like initialize i'm gonna pick a brand new team 
And guess what? Maple Street was on my side. And I thought, you know what? They got some great talent with Ramune. I thought Dasher was going to be way better than he was. Turned out Top Lane was basically a two-person show. And then everybody else was just kind of there. Unless you were Ray Farky or Ebby. So it didn't matter if you were Dasher at the end of the day. Yeah, you're a good mid laner, but that doesn't matter. And then for God's sake, Bot Lane was just... Play the honey clip, please. I hate yeah. to just jump around a bit, but let, let's oh, just yeah. rip that band-aid off because this is <laughs> bad. Where is it? Hang on. Hang on. Oh. I mean, uh, Lexi, like, of course, we're, we are flaming here a little bit, but you've got to remember me and Nymera both put the Hawks up in third. We had a lot of people along with us had the Hawks pretty highly rated. So that one. Okay, so this should be this clip. So when it comes to Honey, Honey is a solo queue god. This man has achieved challenger number one in the Korean solo queue ladder, right? We Talent see. there. A very talented man, an AD carry main. This man is a god. But we have seen multiple times in multiple different regions. You can be your own region. You could be Korean. You can be Chinese. You could be any region number one player. Start playing in the competitive and then you get stomped. You get put back in your like, place. Like Gango. But you can also be that exact <laughs> same player. And, the, and the, the one I always pull back on because uh, TSM. Wild Turtle. A solo queue god back in the day was basically didn't lose to anybody, was like stomping on double lift, and then in his first game gets a penta. Like you can you can have the extremes and like double lift uh, I know and like Wild Turtle is or still you can just say like Faker who yeah. went out a bit All right. Okay, and we'll stop it there, it goes on a bit long. Because like... one, I don't want to compare him to Faker because Faker's Faker yeah. and Wild Turtle I think is a fairer yeah. analogy. And currently it's didn't have his Wild Turtle performance in his first split. Did did no. not win the region. Um, yeah, I mean, like his first week was good, fine, and he just it was fine. To make it struggle to make it work, really. Um, and like, okay, and as much as we are really ragging on Lexi, and part of that's for entertainment's sake, all of us put the Hawks in our top three, and yeah. we all take the fall for that. Everyone thought this team should be good. It did not happen. It was a garbage truck on fire. We've yeah. we've Heading analyzed this. Like, what is the hundred acre bot lane without Christopher Robin? Because that place was empty of leadership. Let's be real. Like IKEA desk with none of the parts put together. I mean, this was a team that basically, I think the reason they performed well in the first few weeks it was part. I know. I mean, sorry, we called this during while it was happening. We think, oh yeah, they're just better players individually, mechanically, and they're just playing solo queue at the moment. That's what I think mm. the LJL does for the first two weeks anyway, unless you're DFM where you're just naturally better as a team. That's kind of a global phenomenon, actually. You saw it in NA, right? Yeah, spring split tends to be this team where all the teams are ramping up, so if you come in with a better average level just because your players are just on fire and mechanically and stuff, it does give you good results. And the Hawks brought it out to an early start, early good start, but but you know what happened let's be real the bot lane was a dumpster mid lane was a dumpster jungle was the jungle was actually i think the oh, only right. redeeming quality right. top lane was well i've already said my thought on top lane basically yeah. unless you're not ray farky or ebby you're not gonna win many lanes and if you're against anybody else you're basically flipping a coin but when the rest of your team is on a dumpster what yeah. are you doing you're putting a cherry you're putting yeah. you're putting a like a 
like one of those uh the cherries that you put on cakes right they're not even oh the, the, yeah the glass cherries they're not yeah. even the real cherries you're putting like a shit cherry on top of it and hoping it's going to make it better and then it doesn't fix <laughs> this it one, and this one's got like a piece of glass in it and you buy it, oh like, yeah oh, why would i why would i do oh. this to myself ramonade this juicy is... 1v1 it's an aurelia versus gangplank oh no what is this olaf regout like counter ganking me for the third time in a row i think i think the biggest problem was everybody had such high hopes for the return of ramonade and mm -hmm. briefly showed it yeah but briefly, briefly was not what we need when no let's, let's think about it mid laners we're very 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 high on and i'm only going to say three are Pyrian, aria and gariaru right i'm not even mentioning cirrus and other mid laners that's just three mid laners who we had we were like interested or like nah but come to late of it, they were top of our power rankings, very high expectations going forward, very strong players internationally. Ramane was probably bottom. Up there. Probably yeah, bottom. Mean... Maybe Yuhi is tying with him, right? Well, yeah. No, not Yuhi. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky rather. Bad, Maybe Rocky. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, that's the oh, kind of place so where you're at, right? Or like... Like, I mean, yeah, Ramane not... was getting outperformed by Ace, and we had questions yeah. about Ace. And the thing for me is, like, there was that, oh, God, there was that one awful game where he picks Ari and just doesn't do anything, and it makes me really sad because I'm an Ari player and all this other stuff. But, like, it speaks to the mentality of the game where, like, you're trying to pick style points in the mid lane, and you do carry through mid lane every couple of games, which is where they got their wins from. But, like, every most of the time, if you don't get anything going in mid lane and you didn't, game's lost. That's Let it. Let's get a soundbite, if you wouldn't mind, Nightmare. Uh, the soundbite of Sam saying something about DFN. Okay. Yes, that mm -hmm. one. Yes. Gotcha. Can we, yeah, uh, can we just do that one? Because I want Initialize to get a little bit brought down with the rest of us. It's fair. He, he can't always be okay. at the very top of Mount Olympus. No, okay. I can't. I believe, I believe I have it. Very good. All I'm saying is DFM have not changed a championship winning roster with probably the, arguably the best players in every damn role. Every damn roll. Seros is a monster who brings out target bans every game. You never get to see his karma. You never get to see his Heimerdinger. His Syndra is good. We've seen him pull out things like Illusion, right? This guy is really, really good. The only person who could compete with him is Ramune, who's been on the bench for a year. Uh, and he's on a team with no way he's Ramune, who was on their bench was what I was going for. Yeah. Um, uh, right. In my defense, some of that stayed true for a little bit. And then for Seros, it stopped being true for a while. And then it kind of I mean, came back to being was, a thing. I think the, the, honestly, it's like going a bit on a tangent. The terrifying thing is actually, you know, like Seros and Ramone were not the story of mid lane this split. It was Arya. No. This guy came out, this guy came out the fucking rafters. Well, it was arguably Arya and Pyrian and Gadiadu. Pyrian towards the end of the split. Yeah, Gadiadu. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, no, yeah I, think I, I can agree with that. Like, I genuinely... think, no, Seros had a really good playoffs uh, towards yeah. the end of it. But yeah, like, sure. These guys, I agree. But. I, I think you guys know my perspective of, yeah, cool, have, being great for, like, two games in playoffs and two best of threes in playoffs doesn't win me. Yeah. It's, mm. it's no, like... For sure. For sure. I mean, sure. yeah. I mean, do like, what Arya, do what Boogie's well, been doing. Do do these yeah. amazing things. Or do what Ebby's yeah. been doing on your fucking team in top lane. Right. And, like, and, and there is something to this that, you know, actually, where a lot of DFM can claim or could claim before this split that, actually, they were pretty uncontested in their roles. Seros and Steel have yes. had stiffer competition. Does that suddenly mean they are bad players? No, they went twelve and two in the regular split. They have one. They had a bad best best of five, but they had two very good ones in the playoffs. So, like, you know, they're still good players. It's just not 
as yeah, free as it was. The, the only person who's like out and out still best in their role is Ebby. Everyone yeah. else can have a contest to it. I mean, like oh, yeah. that's great um, in the league. You, you told me actually for the regular split was the better AD carry. Um, when you come through to the finals, sure, yeah, Utapon really outperformed. Gang, I think Reyna, particularly on Sang uh, on on mm. B three, has been really good too. Actually, so you know, every one of these players now has really a pilot. Yeah. yeah, every one of these players has someone they need to be aware of. Yeah, and Vivid as well is like 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 yeah. we can literally go into every role and we could go to DFM and go, okay, we're gonna name three other players which we think can rival your current main roster per player, which basically means, as we've said throughout this podcast and throughout. Um, well, very early in my in my prediction regarding Burning Core, these are this is a region that had just had a huge, like power spike just given to it. It was just thrown directly into their veins, and it's like being given to us. And uh, I mean, like Barney Gumble. I mean, we're kind of drunk off of this power that has, has <laughs> honestly has come through uh, the LJL in this spring split because mm. so much happened. And I mean, yeah, that, it did. That's why it's so, um, huh. That's why the Hawks were uh, what they were, I think. I think they were kind of a product of just the environment. I think if maybe the Hawks came into a split in the 2019 or, or 2019 spring split, maybe it'd be different. Obviously, though, yeah. USG would still be there, and USG was still having middle-of-the-road performances. Uh, so, well, actually, they were having very good performance to then middle-of-the-road, but... Yeah, they were back and forth. Yeah, yeah and I think part of, part of it's meta and things changing, and again, maybe the schedule affected um, the Hawks... I'm wondering if a lot of it was backroom stuff. Obviously, we don't have information on that, but just the way everything fell apart and they couldn't recover, that speaks to me about coaching direction. I don't know whether the players meshed with that or the coaches meshed sure. with that. And like, and that is exacerbated by, as we were saying at the very start of the show, having such a condensed schedule and having so many games mm. played in such a short space of time, maybe that affected them disproportionately to some other teams which did manage to adapt and overcome some of their issues, like Axes, like Rascal Jester, um, like so many of the other teams. So yeah, the Hawks really really did not have a good split yeah let's just grab the next soundbite because i think this is just sure. going to kind of uh, recap a few things and we might go between one or two soundbites sure. quickly here if that's okay teams are at this point as well okay so do you want to just do so it, i my top three are in order um third to first so the hawks are in third dfm are in second and Sengar in first. you're just crazy man you're just crazy oh whereas i've got the hawks I've got then got Sengoku and then I've got DFM first, which I cannot believe the rest of you are not I... doing. I mean that that just really <laughs> emphasizes that we were all really all about the Hawks, and then it just came down to where we were putting Sengoku yeah. and, DFM. and DFM. And I mean, to be honest, I, I am denied about it, but I did put Sengoku first, and I stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, I the only crazy thing is I basically put the Hawks first, and then DFM Sengoku, and then basically had a very similar pick to uh, to both the uh, both these two, except I just decided to put the Hawks in first. We could all easily probably put the Hawks down into eighth place move up access to the sixth place spot and we actually basically called it now obviously yeah. that's we changing two big we teams close, we weren't we were close and outside of a team having a complete dumpster fire with very high expectations put upon them i yeah. think we actually did a, a decent job sure. gentlemen yeah and to nightmare's credit like he wasn't far off with Sengoku game. No, he like, wasn't. They, yeah. the, they took a best of five off dfm which I, is I can take a very few teams have done I mean, with yeah, that said, I think I think that actually brings us over to a great soundbite for Nightmare, actually himself. Yeah. Let me go get that. Which uh, really does kind of emphasize the fact of where Sengoku yeah. were kind of going with the overall game plan, as well as just kind of. Oh, go for it. 
I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, no, sorry. Champions, their champion pools are massive. Um, I feel like their objective control and their objective gameplay has always been fantastic, and that will allow uh, Sengoku to get to the point where they can team fight very well around the solid carry core of Pyrian and Yutori Miyashi. Yutori yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it, basically. Could you um, be more right? Control. Yeah, basically, yeah. And it ended up being the story of Sengoku. Um, they'd get early dragons, they'd have a very strong laning phase, not really um, rocking the boat, getting early dragons, team fighting well. And that's pretty much the story of Sengoku to split. Eventually. Yeah. Early on in the split, it was a lot of Apple on the side so lane. Bad. But, but so they bad found the style you asked of them. Yeah, they found the style you asked of them. It took them a while. I mean, I think that just speaks for the kind of the, the power that Sengoku were able to rely on uh, one of their most, well, the longest time player, I actually think, on the roster of Upperman. Uh, kind of being able to rely on a, a player like that to uh, maybe give them that one or two extra win throughout the spring split, which kind of pushed them into that second place spot and prevented V3 from stealing it away from them, or at least having a tiebreaker game versus them potentially, or however that actually gets worked out, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's really good that they were able to rely on Apperman. I think that's a really good place. But then, but then they were able to go into the next part. Um, we're kind of now jumping around our last few little uh, voice clips, blasts from the past as... Uh, huh? I'm sure Nymara has been waiting for me to say this whole uh, uh, podcast. Uh, favorite thing. Why do I work here? <laughs> because of that. The best from the we get paid. Best. Um, I think. I think. I think we definitely need to make sure I do get taken down a few pegs with uh, <laughs> this uh, right, soundbite right. regarding uh, my host oh, for Dasha. Glutton for punishment. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely called it wrong. It was uh, awkward, yeah, but I think it does emphasize the hopes that we had. Yeah. Times as much to prove by doing this lane. Oh, yeah, we switch lanes in terms of professional players where they do lane swaps. And a lot of people, when they switch lanes, they have twice, if not three times as much to prove by doing this lane switch. So I think someone who is, in my eyes, a phenomenal world class kind of player, as such as Dasha, I think he's going to put twice as much effort. He was one of the best mid laners. He's got a lot of the fundamentals to bring over and I think he's going to perform, especially when you now have the shoes. Like, you don't have to think about oh, who's going to be my mid laner now. You've got Ramune, who is arguably just, but arguably one of the best mid laners okay. that has ever played. We'll, we'll leave it there, but that's fairly the point. Like, you had a lot of hosts for Dasha and um, didn't quite turn out that way. No, he was not a Ray Farky or Ebby. He was um, no. uh, arguably worse than Taz and Apperman and Nap, which basically Ugh. means where are you in the rest so much of it? He was, it's he was so risky, frustrating because you see the hints. Huh? Oh, has he died? Is that just me? I think Sam. Might oh, did I die? Oh, sorry, I think I cut off briefly. I'm still here if you can hear me. It's just your weapon. But I might have broken off a little briefly. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, so basically, I, I'll see what's um, going on with yeah. that. I think the way, yeah, the way I describe Dasha is, um, he was risky. He played play stuff like Aurelia. No one else played that this split, and he almost made it work some games. And that's such a bad way to put it, because basically what that means is that honestly it didn't work most of the time. Let's be honest. Yeah, and, I mean, know, particularly that. Yeah, there you go. I think I think part of it is really kind of this. We we saw another roster do uh, a swap lane and um, it worked beautifully to some degree for them we can see g2 obviously with caps and perks switching yep. lanes um i mean arguably a bigger difference to a degree between the bot lane and the top lane between mid lane um 
with how they play and everything. Obviously, it's still blah, blah, blah. I'm not interested in going yeah, into really yeah, the yeah, level yeah. of everything. But we saw another, and they've switched back. Um, Dasher, god damn, man. You you just struggled, dude. He didn't play the, the typical mm. meta champs that everybody else played. Um, no. Got punished for it, and sadly didn't play around the map. And then just, I mean, god damn. God bless Tussle. Yeah. God bless Tussle. He tried so hard. What what yeah. what remind what what game this really reminds me of is this first CGA game versus the Hawks mm. when Dash was playing Kale and Kale was really big at this point. Honestly, Dash liked to play his carries, and when they were more meta at the very start of the split, he could find some inroads into some of the late games and stuff. But then, like, there was this one moment where like a center W lands onto two carries, and he's got Kale all up, and he just doesn't cast it on Honey, and Honey gets muked by Zoe, and um. And that was pretty much game over. And it's like the presence of mind from Dash is sometimes and just the whole team just to keep themselves safe and be on the same page just wasn't there. It did feel mm. what you said about Rascal Jester probably applies to the Hawks more so in terms of glorified solo queue. They played individually quite well. Pieces never came together. Well, they were all in different books, never mind different pages. Like they wanted to play the game. Well, I say that and I say that partly in humor, mm. but partly because they all wanted to play the game kind of differently. You could see how much attention Dasher wanted. He was playing the likes of Aurelio into the Gangplank. And he wasn't getting the rest of the team kind of supporting the style he wanted to. You know, we saw what I mean, happened when Ramana and Tussle needed to play together. We saw what happened when the bot lane needed pressure. And it meant they were all on very different, you know, play styles almost. Yeah, and I mean, that was really emphasized when it came to their pick and ban phase. They almost seemed to pick and ban almost radically differently in different games against different teams. Which, yes, okay, if you are the best team in the region, you can totally do that. You can pick a man vastly different banned differently versus one team to another which is something all teams should do but you just go can pick different mm. comps because you know oh this team always struggles against our dive comp so we're going to play a dive comp versus them because it mm. will make we don't have to reveal external information about other strategies that we have because for instance v3 versus axes that's exactly what they did yeah. actually every time they played that's what they did which is the smart way to do it good management good coaching stuff and everything else will basically go like this is how you guys play against this team because you know yep. you win so why would we change it and reveal other champions and other strategies and everything god damn the hawks couldn't even figure out how to pick up the book and go all right so we're going to do the standard playmaking of 311 all right we went for the hyper carry funnel bot lane all right that's well we fucked it up already good job no. and we've got top lane aurelia we got bot lane master yi fuck it that didn't actually happen <laughs> but it might as well have happened in the grand scale yeah. of things I, how it I, went I do feel like, yeah they were i think tussle was pretty fine actually yes, like, tussle was the only redeeming I, factor I, for I'm that team throw, i'm gonna try and throw out a load of caveats here because like i don't want to slam everyone because it's such a sucky team and finishing an eighth really sucks particularly okay the lgl got stronger we expected so much out of the hawks though for me like who had some really good moments on peel supports he never showed that anywhere else no. peel supports were good right yep. like his he had like one or two really good brawn games but like mm. it just wasn't multifaceted honey had some good Aphelios games but just couldn't people weren't playing around him particularly well ramon and tussle on the whole one of the better mid tv2s when they got going but, that but they didn't get going so few far in between i think i think tussle is the real loser of the situation because he played really well on the whole we even had him as some player of the weeks actually yes yeah. no, no tussle was definitely their best player by a country margin in comparison to what he offered to the rest of the team and i think yeah. that's a really good way that you kind yeah. of put this nightmare tussle was kind of put to the wolves when it came to comparison between the other players on the team tussle was just wow. far yeah. months better well 
I mean, like, for me, it was really sad, right? Because I came in a huge fan of the duo of Ramani and Tussle. Mm. I was so excited to see that duo back together. And we kind of saw what happened if they ever got a lead. But, like... How often did the that problem happen? Was, like, the, the point is, once teams got better and they weren't getting free leads, the Hawks just didn't know what to do. Yeah. And, that. you know, comparing that to the other two teams we had in our top three, you know, it's night and day difference, right? Whenever DFM or Sengoku had a lead, they would just run away with it and they could close out a game. It's mm. really good to see that, by the way, because that's a talent you want to take to the international stage mm. amongst other things. Like, I think Blank and Perian took them a long time to get that synergy going. But reached, like, week five or something, week five, six... They look very impressive. But imagine if they had 11 weeks to do that and it wasn't between one month that they had to do this. It was yeah. between two, two and yeah. a half months. That kind of yeah. story one we can tell as a broadcasters and content producers, because I do think of us a little bit yeah. more biased, obviously, but also just like the teams themselves, just overall quality of play can yeah. only go up, right? Like we, oh. if, if MSI happened and DFM or Sengoku went, either of the two who made the finals... They've played more games. We know who the better players are. I'll take, I'll take nine weeks at least. Just give us a, yeah. at least once a week rather than like multiple times a week. Yeah. That'd be true. That'd be true. I think, I think uh, Nymeri, you actually raise a really good point when we talk about DFM um, and mm. some of our expectations moving forward. Why only initialize actually have them as the first place team? Able to increase their levels of play. So... My problem with DFM, if we send them to an international event, is the liquid problem, where you just sometimes expect mm. that DFM will win lanes. And what do they do when they don't win lanes? What happens when Ebby, when he's on NAR, just actually doesn't win? I think that's a good place to end it, though. But, like, it's a very simple point. Like, DFM, you don't win lanes, what are you doing? Um, so do you, have, do you guys have any particular memories of games where this they managed to... They, they only lost two games. One of them, we already know my thoughts in regards to the V3 one, where they just drafted mm -hmm. horribly and then put themselves in an awkward spot to begin with. And then against Sengoku, they kind of lost fair and square after a really good fight. Yeah. And that that was it. Every other game, when they fell behind, they found a way back. So it's not I, even like you can yeah. be like, oh, they lost lane, they lost game. No, no, they lost lane, they could win game. And I'll tell you why I think that's possibly for is Actually, I do think there was an element of the... Of the coaching coming in pretty huge here mm. for DFM. They had the synergy there already, so they knew what they... They didn't have to work so hard on fundamental synergy basics. They could start thinking a little bit higher. And I know before Nymera had really called out the LJL saying, these guys cannot 1-3-1 to save them. The, one of the only teams in the LJL to really successfully, consistently 1-3-1 in the league has been DFM. Eventually. Uh, first couple of weeks were sketchy. Yes. No, exactly. But, but, we, but we saw that improvement. Like... The fact that that kind of thing where they actually started to prove some higher level ways of winning games and tearing things apart when things weren't as simple as I've won the lane. Wonderful. We run down these towers. Wonderful. I've got all the dragons. Game's over. Yeah, like, exactly. That kind of additional weapons in your arsenal is pretty big, I think. And the thing for me is actually, like, if you look at the two playoff series they had against Sengoku, this is where this problem, you see both sides of it, actually, where Sengoku had really good grasp on their win conditions in the first series they had against them it was still a 3-2 in a lot of ways right in, in a lot of ways yes it was a 3-2 that is the way you say that alex <laughs> um, but you know they, they they lost three games fair and square and a lot of that was off of fair laning where they just got outlaned whereas in the finals you know there was it was particularly a game one actually we saw that um saros losing mid lane 
um, it didn't matter. They played really, really well. They rallied around his typical Heimerdinger pick, which we hadn't seen the entire season because it had been banned. Mm. And it showed to me, actually, you know, in terms of me and, like, well, you know, asking the question, what happens, what's happening with this? I think they do have some... I think they have managed to evolve with the coaching staff and kind of get to a point where I'm much more happy with them. I mean, I think if DFM didn't, they would have fallen into a burning core problem and yeah, they definitely yeah. could have fallen down the table and taken some losses. While, yes, their individual players are just pretty good so they can get those early wins as we saw some of the other teams in the region do uh, against just lesser uh, mechanical players in the grand scale mm -hmm. of things or just potentially just teams having to try and learn how to work together. DFM already have that head start on everybody else so they know they can yeah. do all this kind of thing. Coming into the very end of the finals, DFM only ended up having one win over Sengoku between all of the games they had said and one done, yeah. which is looking really good because they're getting Excellent. challenged it more than ever before. Well, not more than ever before, but like in this so. in this so. new age. Well, no, because they've lost previously okay, in spring. Sure. Okay, that, yeah. There was Rampage and Pentagram yeah, exactly. and UST who yeah, okay. were competitive I, 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 at various points. So, in terms of results, yeah. But now but I know this is mean. a spot where DFM potentially have to keep this rhythm going because they can't let up or someone like v3 someone like sengoku someone like cga if some of the problems we've been identifying get solved axis could take it away from them and while that would be an upset in the grand scale of what things, a wild ride we would also be like well they solved the problems that we've but we as analysts and yeah. casters have been able to identify meaning that if there's other things beside beside behind the scenes what does that mean what yeah. does well, that mean if, if you go to each of these contender teams, right, you know, say, like, top top six that made playoffs, yeah, top right? Six, yeah. um, how much of a percentage would you give to any of those teams on a good day taking a best of five in the finals versus DFM? I mean, after this split, it'd probably be lower for me, because, you know, I look at the way that they prep for the best of five and say, actually, damn, these guys played well. But, you know, I'd still give, you know, like a... The time thing's still... 20, like a 20... Five percent chance to Sengoku or a twenty percent chance to them. I mean, maybe the, like the time and patch split changes so much. Sure. We yeah, exactly. covered so much in the previous episode, so we yeah. won't go over that. Um, yeah. But I don't. I, I get what you're saying, and I think that's fair. Like, yeah, no, there are contenders to the throne, and like, it's not like a. It's not a like a, 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 a bit. It's, it's, it's actually it's not yeah. like a comedy bit. It's like it's not us doing it for entertainment. I'm actually sat here going like, good chance one of these guys could represent Japan, yeah. Japan internationally. Complacency kills the king, and you know really if does. DFM get complacent or get the wrong read, you know get the wrong information on something, we have seen them fall. Right? Like mm. it wasn't even it was they did lose a best of five. I think I think that's a really nice place where we can end with a quote. From our very own Nymera, who kind of just really puts a nice bow on this. Even though it's halfway through the podcast, uh, it's a nice it's way to kind of put this uh, with where we are now as the LJL. I would say that this is, the LJL classifies as one of the stronger uh, emerging regions now. They haven't always done well um, internationally and transferring that onto an international stage. But, you know, there's a lot of talent here and I can't see them oh, out-muscling out a lot of these very talent-filled rosters. I think that's okay. a really nice do point. you agree guys do you agree yeah is I is the lgl classified now as a stronger emerging region what would you yeah. say to that i think we need to have another split i think putting all of our eggs in one basket saying that the lgl is now significantly stronger i think we need to see a repeat performance between a lot of these players we need to see boogie do as good as a split again we need to see aria can keep the church going we need we need to see 
uh, DFM perform to the high level again and Sengoku rival for them for yeah. that. And this could be... We saw a glimpse of potentially what a competitive split and spring split will be. What can Summer offer? Oh, for sure. Because right. teams build throughout a year a lot of the time, right? And, you know, we saw in the VTS, it's no longer... It's a uh, Gigabyte Marines yeah. lost in the finals. Three they did. They are no longer a one-team region. We saw um, DFM lose in their upper bracket before they won in the finals. This is no longer a one-team region. We also saw V3 take a game off them in playoffs and regular split. You know... This is not a one-horse race. There are multiple here. Is one ahead of the others? Sure. Yeah. The like the style and level of play we've seen is really high comparative to what I'd expect yes. coming into the split. Yeah. I mean, let's think about the other competitors. If we're talking emerging regions, minor regions, um, OCE, VCS, mm -hmm. LCL, the big boys within that space. Turkey, perhaps another good call. Yeah, Brazil as well. Yeah, like these guys who like there are some teams that have come out of these at various points in time that have looked pretty good. Super massive, right? When they had GBM, mm. all the likes of that. We've seen what flash rules we can do. Albus like Luna. L LCL has had Albus Knox Lewis, had Gambit for crying out loud. Like at various points of time, like at one point Gambit were one of the best teams in the world. We're talking eight years ago oh, now. Just but, like yeah. yeah, Moscow Fire. Uh, yeah. So like. Do I, I think the LJL has pride enough to stand up and fight with those guys? Can they win it? Yeah. Would it be easy? Hell no. But um, like, I think there is talent enough to bring people a little bit low and humble some teams that wouldn't be expecting it. We've already seen what Ebby can do on Anar versus Vizichachi. I'd like to see it a little bit more consistently. I think the big thing for me, just the last kind of point on this is like, it's not just that the level of play is good, and I think it is good. It's just that the variety of play is also mm. good. Mm. And we've seen some teams stumble on international stages when their region only tends towards one style. I'm particularly thinking of some of the Korean teams coming out of their regions and not playing as hyper-aggressive teams. We have that in the LGL. We have control teams in the LGL. We've got some weird mad maniac teams in the LGL too, like Axes and Rascal Jess for their weird drafts. You know, yeah. CGA, V3 being hyper-aggressive. Yes. And then DFM Sengoku being the measured style with the objective-based gameplay. And all of them have competed with each other. They all have to practice against that, and it's only going to make the region stronger. It only is. And I mean, I think I think it's the kind of thing we will now need to wait for Worlds till we can actually yeah. see the LGL actually get some international play. Um, I mean, we've already given our thoughts that we do think there should be at least some form of regional uh, tournaments between the, some of the smaller regions. Um, mm -hmm. But especially due to location, it's not crazy to get the uh, Oceana teams over to Japan or vice versa, especially with potentially using Hong Kong as a halfway point, And then you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, there's loads of options if someone is interested in actually running those tournaments and hopefully Riot Games wants uh, the yeah. pandemic. Well, there's one between China and Korea, um, which is coming up. Yeah. Top 40 seats from both each one. It's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. It'd be cool to see some of the minor regions really actually get it. that. Um, and kind of really... Oh, that'd be so cool. Just like, yeah, because Rift Rivals was really big for the minor regions. Yeah, it was. Uh, but, I mean, obviously MSI no, not happening, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, we can't do much about that. I, I do hope that uh, we're not just caught talking in an echo chamber, seeing that the LJL is playing pretty well and they're doing things that we're seeing in other regions and it's actually yeah. not just like two steps below and it's actually but just I, the same as EU Challenger. That would be very disappointing. That would be, <laughs> yeah, I, that would be. But until we actually see them play, I, I do have to put some reservation actually, until we actually yes, we see them play. Do you mind if I continue that quote? Because I reckon I speak about that in a bit, way back when in episode one. 
what the yeah, I mean gone. like let's be real the VCS is pro- is probably stronger the LCL is probably stronger they can compete with everyone else I feel I mean like Turkey Latin America you know are, are good too and we've seen great teams come out of there but you know actually at the top end of the LGL I think they probably are quite competitive well I mean we saw so we saw DFM take a game off of Splice and okay anyway it doesn't go on as much as I thought it would do but yeah but like you know we had the caveat team back then with and it's so hard to make any statements like that without just seeing the damn results. That's the main thing. And it is what you're saying. We've got to wait to Worlds. It sucks that we don't have MSI. It sucks that we don't have a minor tournament either. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And we also don't have privy information to potentially how the players are playing against other players on screen. Solo queue, yes, we can try and find it. But we only know about one account at most. So these players probably can just get another account with relatively a click of their fingers. It's not quite as easy as that, obviously, but uh, it is kind of a place. But I think, gentlemen, when we actually look at our predictions, we did okay. I think we did all right. Did all right. Some better than others. Well done, initialize. But I think I think we actually did okay, minus the Hawks and Axis a little bit. Oh, man. But the thing is that, like, it's... The reason doing ah, sport is yeah. so great is that you do have the outliers. Sorry, carry on. I finished my point. I was letting you guys oh, talk. Sorry. All right, but yeah, no, just uh, yeah, no, just the outliers make it interesting. Oh, how Having bold a call players. would it have been? How bold a call would it have been to get the Hawks and Axes where they are? Yeah, uh, pretty. I I couldn't have done that. I don't know how much if you guys would have flamed me for putting Hawks down in last. Oh, he would. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do it. So sometimes you have to. I mean, I know where I'm putting them coming into summer at the moment. I've got yeah. an idea. And... Oh, that's a thing to think about. We're going to have to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. yes, gentlemen. Let's wait to see where rosters are going to be. But, like, oh, no. Oh, yes, <laughs> listeners. One week before the first week of the 2020 spring split, we will be doing our power rankings going into the RGL 2020 and our expectations. Remember, we'll be doing who we expect to win the region all the way down to who we think might miss playoffs and all of that in between that's going to be an interesting exercise and yes we will of course do it all individually and then we will come together for uh, much arguing as uh, you can experience through this <laughs> podcast it's a podcast that gives us two episodes really that's that's how it works right right oh, content content is king i do want to pass it over to my illustrious co-hosts and casters for any closing thoughts regarding predictions or any other kind of topics around this i think you covered it i think anything i say at this point would be a little extraneous i actually want to praise all of us actually for making some good points way back when you know like we didn't have the best resources coming into it you know we weren't like watching every single game in the 2019 season but we actually came out with some pretty solvent stuff and uh Considering we managed to talk about it for so long, we did all right, didn't we? <laughs> I mean, we talked about it for far too long in the grand scale of things. This episode, ah, this episode's going learning. to be uh, clocking in a lot faster than that episode, thankfully. And uh, uh, yeah. I think that's just where it falls in the grand scale of things. Uh, I'm really happy with our predictions. And uh, that does set us up, though. We have to continue this kind of consistency. We're, we're doing pretty good already with vaguely calling yeah. teams. I mean... Sam basically was on the money except for the Hawks and Axis. I was pretty close with Hawks, Axis, and as well as Nymera. We're all yeah. very close to all of them. Like, yeah, at most one placement of off. But yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, well, uh, even then, not too far off. Yeah, one placement off, basically. And, like, if we count points, he goes, initialize myself and Nymera, basically mm. one point between all of us. 
Like, that's how close. And we all lost points for Axis and the Hawks. Huge. So, yeah. I mean, it all comes down to that at the end of the day. So, uh, expect us to try and call this again, but maybe with a higher performance, as well as also potentially expect some form of pickums to be coming in, in for our weeks when we pick our games that's something we've been talking about on the side whether we can get it on the actual uh, production is a that's a whole nother thing for yeah. uh, our illustrious we'll uh, graphics artist uh, mr Peguaru <laughs> to uh, worship at their altar as it would be and be like sir give us beautiful assets but <laughs> Instead of question time, instead of meta talk, instead of small talk, we're going to have our one-off, maybe, not sure, breaking news section. Breaking news with initialized Nymera and Alex, because I forgot my own name. With that all said, we do have to sadly give you all lovely listeners the news that Rocky, the mid laner for Burning Core, has announced their retirement from competitive play, which now has filled a void for potential new mid laners in the starting roster for Burning Core. Now, they currently already have two import slots already used so if they are planning mm. on doing any form of changes uh they would either need to find another japanese mid laner or we could also be seeing potentially a swap out from one of these other spots potentially bring a competitor from either the support role or the jungle and put them into the mid lane as an import though this does link us with some other news it does that we've been seeing and that is yeah. that the player that I got yeah. horrendously wrong with my thoughts is actually back to playing the mid lane. Dasher is, is playing queue. a lot of games in solo queue. Uh, and could this potentially be Ramane or Dasher burning core? Gentlemen, I'm going to pass this over to you to kind of go through this part because I've said the actual news itself. So I mean, um, first things go. first, Rocky... Congrats on your tenure in the LJL. You've been an entertaining player to watch. Didn't end up the way you wanted to this season, but you know I really enjoyed your LeBlanc. It was really cool. You did some good stuff. When he got uh, it. When he got it. Yeah, he got it exactly. Um, but yeah, no. So we are speculating on Dasher going back to mid lane. His solo queue is almost all mid lane right now, and we have some info that a lot of the the teams are starting to ramp up the amount they're working. So if you're going to be playing mid lane so. solo queue chance you're going to be playing mid lane in the split so w working off of that assumption we think okay rocky is gone there is a mid lane spot starting spot open the lgl and dasher or ramane will be moving to mid will be moving out of the hall we're assuming only be one mid laner so where does that leave us sam yeah and, and I, let's also make a bit of a frank statement um burning core were struggling for consistent carries in the mid and late game their ad carry yuhi their mid laner rocky were not putting up fantastic numbers uh, and that was making a lot of work for the support, the jungle, the top lane. We've talked about the Hawks issues. God bless kind of Ray God yeah. bless that. Yeah. <laughs> you really but, but, but Effectively, both teams... Just don't give him Darius. <laughs> no Darius. Sorry, Darius, Sam. Darius. Sorry, I had yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's no, cool. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because there is something to this, actually. That actually, if both teams want to compete, and there's a lot of talent on these rosters, you hope, hmm. if they want to compete, they need to change something. Because it's not working right now. Um bringing Dasher back to a mid lane role where he's more comfortable and can make some of those crazier plays and a little bit more safety with a little bit more jungle attention makes sense. Um, 
switching out for the hawks or the hawks as well like they are struggling to find a coherent plan switching out one of the too many cooks yeah Yeah. removing a chef from the kitchen makes sense getting another you know like consistent carry-in for burning court makes sense so a roster change between those two teams would make a lot of sense and forgive me if i'm wrong we did our podcast episode when we talked about changes we'd make to each roster did any of you guys make a change to burning core which was relevant to this i thought so did one of us choose ramane to go towards burning core i do think that's echoing a fact of what we said earlier would have been that all right was that all you tori miyashi i think would have been the other one we might have thought of i believe that was the call that yeah i think i was the one that was saying not for yutori miyashi i think i was the one that was like yeah no, Lexi, are you actually psychic? I mean, actually- I am the Hawk super fan, right? So maybe I am privy to just hearing of the Hawks. That is, maybe, who did I? Honey, I think I put Honey as their, their, their winner. I mean, for God's sake, anybody could be the winner of that team. No, really, it's just goddamn Tussle. I feel so bad for that man. Um, maybe Tussle Maybe Tussle came to me and he said, Hey, mate, stuff, dude. stuff's got to change, all right? Ramune didn't have such a good one. Dasha was just hard inting, but he sometimes won lane. So, we're going to put him back down to mid lane. Ramune is going to go over to Burning Core because he's sick and tired of us infighting anyway. That's a that's a joke. That's a joke. We don't know of any infighting, by the way, from the Hawks. I'm just doing a bit here. <laughs> Need to be clear, I'm doing a bit. And then it's like, okay, what happens? Well, now you get a very tenured player off the roster which we've seen in some places can be very good because sometimes that helps. Or sometimes that can be incredibly bad because they were the only one that actually had a head screwed on. So, uh, I mean, it'll be a 50-50. That also does mean we have a slot then potentially opening in this hypothetical for top lane in the Hawks, which arguably pretty open. Pretty open. That does take an import Mm. slot away, but you could arguably just tell Honey to go home and to... uh, import a top laner and then uh fix dasha bot lane. is a korean resident dasha is yeah which means that if you get rid of dasha you can still have a korean uh, you can have like a you can have a korean top laner for the hawks mm. yeah that would be something that might happen you could uh, i mean there's a lot of options because you have tussle you, your team in by default is already like hmm. stretching the facts of it i mean minor region import slot in other minor regions are allowed so potentially maybe another Oceana player? I mean, I would yeah, be I've... open to the idea of another Oceana player because Corporal has definitely set the stonework down that, uh, guess what? Oh, he played well. He had a good season. Yeah, he had an amazing season. So if he's having an amazing season, obviously we're aware he can speak Japanese to, uh, so that would be mm, important. That help. Obviously. Well, but let me, yeah, let me throw a pie in the sky name out for you guys. Who is a former world champion who played on Invictus Gaming who no longer has a team and is Korean? What? Duke is currently without a team. Uh, oh, he is shit. a fantastic top player. That is so cool. I would be. I, I, he's I, a world champion. Can they yeah, afford like, him? I guess he's not on know. a team, so he's not on a team. So like, his op, maybe he gets more offers. That, that, that's just, nah, just. That's, a, I mean, it's yeah. a pie in the sky. But like, I'm just saying, like, there are some names that if you can get the money together. Yeah. 
just just be aware that basically the Korean challenger circuit is going to be adding. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which like, is because it's going into this yeah. franchise league for the LCK. A lot of Korean players who are currently abroad might come back towards that. Going to be probably more money in terms of the salaries mm. there. So there's a big draw from that. So maybe you have to draw from your home talent channel because the draw from the Korean challenger league is going to be more. But no, anyway, it's just an interesting food for thought because like. I think we're of the opinion any change for the Hawks is likely to be an import improvement right now. Yeah. It'll at least have a honeymoon phase. They need to do. They need to do something. Uh, yeah, they need to do something, and potentially that. I, I'm trying to remember back when we did our podcast episode. Jeez, one of us said to remove Dasher. I'm trying to remember if it was you, Sam. I did. I think. Sam I, hates I think Dasher. Would... He hates him. Uh, I he doesn't hate him. I didn't hate him. I just didn't like the way he played with the team. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> he, he did hard in a lot of, of games. <laughs> Right. But uh, then the rest of the team were doing it as well, so it's like <laughs> it's, so, it's 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 the it is okay. I'm gonna quickly caveat that because we don't really like that. There. Sometimes when top lane falls behind and your team is just not playing around top lane at all, top lane it legitimately has no, no tools to defend themselves. Yeah, you play weak side of top lane and you just want to start fighting. Every fight you take is a bad one, and then you just end up just slowly yes. just falling into this. Yes. And that happened a lot of times. With his sword. <laughs> Definitely felt like that every time anyone came yeah. up with an Orn and they're just like no. smashing Dasher, who's who never got his Lucian. Never got his Lucian, that man. Never got it once. And it's like, no shit. If you have one trick and we're going to ban you and now you become yeah. a middle of the tier top laner, which Rafe Arky and Ebby never had to think of yet. And then it became pretty in flip a coin yeah. against the rest of them. At best, that's, true. that's something actually. It so, raises questions. Do you, know how, do you know how many years you have to be to um, be a resident? Minimum of I... three years. Above five years is normally the idea. Oh right, because once Korean jungler, he joined in like 2016. So he possibly resident. Once, coming once up is to not it. a resident yet, but maybe he gets residency soon. I'm not sure if they've applied for that, but mm. there's definitely something which could happen there. Um, but yeah, basically the problem is there are two Korean imports currently on burning core so dasher would not be able to be in that starting lineup so uh, yeah um anyway so it, food for thought we are going to see roster changes that's the big takeaway regardless of any speculation and these are roster changes potentially to the two bottom teams which means technically we could have again a stronger league if both these teams improve so once could again a seven way tie for second not just seven a five way tie for fourth i don't want that i don't want to have to do a double tiebreaker stream that sounds horrible you have, have a whole day of tiebreakers that sounds oh, horrible because that just means we're a league that has just basically plateaued when it comes to power level it's gone up but we've plateaued still that like there's always meant to be a curve when it comes to play placements players Go that's ahead. what you always have the natural curve where you get 0.001 whatever and yes, okay, a lot of the players currently when it comes to solo queue, some of the best, and this is because I was looking over their accounts recently, I'm not a stalker, I just like to do it for analytical and journalistic sense, Corporal has a master account, definitely like top, I think when I looked last time was top 0, 0.00. Four thousand, like four hundred, yeah, five hundred. Yeah, it's a very low percentile. Yeah. yeah, um, I haven't looked at any half of them. Ebby, um, Grandmaster, top two hundred and something in the region in Korea. Like Ebby is good. just a talent. I, very good I'm, good. I honestly, the more I talk about Ebby, the more I'm like, how, how much longer is he gonna stay on DFM? Wow. 
because yeah. depends how much you love Japan. I mean, oh. we can have another conversation about that, about oh, Japanese yeah. culture and its homo- homogeneity. It all depends we'll about the business management too, right? Because we we know there are big viewers for the Japanese league and it's only increasing, right? Yeah. And that presumably means more money's coming into it. But what's happening with that money? Is it being managed well and all the other stuff? Is it, is going, it going to the going players? players? Yeah. Is it going to the players? And, uh, you know, how much of it is loyalty, as Sam was saying? How much does everyone say in Japan? You know, there is stuff about cultural... Um, you know, there is cultural problems when you... Well, not problems, but, like, challenges you have to overcome by moving That's to another country. Yeah. Yeah, because like I I I know even myself, if I moved to a different country, I'd struggle probably because I've only lived in the UK all my life. I don't know about these other players. True, you know, that's a big thing to consider. From from a guy who's done it, it's hard, especially when you don't know the language. Yeah, that that would be the one that I'm not sure of because obviously I've only lived abroad for a short period of time, and it was in an English speaking country. And while I desperately would love to go back um, <laughs> to LA, where the 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 land of the uh, Paradise City. Yeah, yeah. Such... The grass is green and the girls are pretty. That's yeah, but also the yeah. land of sins for obvious reasons as well. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> oh boy, it's a I it's a whole another thing for the League of Legends scene when you come to talk about sins. Um, 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 but we are gonna really miss uh, Rocky, uh, and also me having to pronounce it in that sense. I'm actually gonna miss that because I la- I start learning all the players' names and I actually get it down because initialize and Nymera correct me, and now they leave. I'm like, God damn it! The last thing I don't want though is Yutori Mirashi changing his name again. Yutori Mirashi or Not dealing with that. I can't believe you already changed it once and he could change it again. He could. But that's gonna be some interesting information. That does close our news section i do want to pass it over as always to nymera and initialize for any closing thoughts from both of you so this is episode 15 done and dusted we have capped off an entire spring split we can put that into the record books everything is now in a very collated file of casts and podcasts that we've done and like yeah it's been a challenge getting it all done but it has been done and i'm glad i've had these two lovely people to do it alongside oh you're too sweet Uh, i mean also just like for this episode it's been fantastic fun to go back and listen to some of our slightly naive views on the LGL and sometimes we kind of got it right too so uh, perhaps we put the Hawks a little lower down next time guys <laughs> well uh, we'll have to wait for full rosters to fully mm. know where I'm placing them but uh, I don't know if the first Living place, hope. the first place spot might be a little bit ambition from uh, my <laughs> eyes and uh, my placement for next time um, and yeah this has been a great podcast. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening over, trying to gauge what uh, we thought several months back now and uh, taking that from now. I mean, what, 15 episodes? That's almost four months if because we do weekly podcasts. So it's over yeah. three months. Cute. So uh, it's kind of crazy to think that we've been uh, talking this consistently about the LGL, but that's why I keep dragging them out of the basement and throwing them in front <laughs> of their computers as we do as always you can find this podcast though on all of our major streaming platforms as well as audio platforms and any of your podcast hosters by all means to please rate us five stars over on the apple podcast because it does <laughs> help with uh visibility and everything else when it comes to that podcast point of view obviously all of these thoughts are of our own and obviously as uh, the skitten earlier we have no affiliation with right games nor any of their partners and this podcast is uh funded completely by our own backs so uh we do it all obviously as i've said always take care of yourselves uh it's still pretty wild out there um and just look after yourselves just look after yourselves 
But with that all said, for Nymera, Initialize, and myself, Master Swan, thank you so much for listening and or watching, and we'll be back next week with another podcast. Take care. Yeah.